Kia ora whanau and welcome to this episode of the Samson Says Podcast. My name is Aidan Morrell and I just want to give a massive mihi to everyone who's tuning in, so kia ora. Like myself, my guest on the Samson Says Podcast today is from the capital of Taranaki, Waitara. He's a bit younger than me and when I was preparing for the show, I was thinking to myself, and it's like that with any small community, I think, you know someone for a long time without really knowing them. What I do know though is he comes from a mean sporting whanau, his sister was a gun netballer growing up. His brother was a handy rugby player in his own right, and his old man, well, the accolades speak for themselves, because the last thing you'd hear is him talking about them, such as the humility of the man and the whānau as a whole. He's pretty low-key. He has a great brain for rugby and sport in general. He's pretty passionate about sport, and that passion rears its head sometimes by way of Facebook posts. He can spot rugby talent from a mile away, and we had a yarn last week about some of the talent he's seen running around on the footy field this year. I was actually quite surprised when he said he would be keen to come on the podcast, but I'm stoked he's here. Fano, it's my pleasure, privilege, and honour to welcome to the Samson Says podcast, Mr. Bradley, no, not the actor, Cooper. Cheer the bro, what's happening? Cheer the bro. Um, nah, not a lot. Just finished work and popped down here to see you, brother. Cheers. So, um, bro, mate, how has it been, bro? Um, talk us through, obviously, this year, 2020, had its ups and downs with regards to uh, COVID. Um, obviously, we've just come out of lockdown level two. We didn't quite make it to level four, but uh, back in level one. Um, tell us about the challenges that you faced during the first lockdown, bro, when obviously we went from one, two, and I think we went straight to four, bro, with missing three. So um, just talk us through that sort of first lockdown period and compare it to obviously the one we've just come out of, bro. Yeah, well, the, the first lockdown period, the first week was tough, man. Well, yeah. <clears throat> sitting at home going... Man, how am I going to get through a month of this? I'm sitting there going, nah, bugger this. I'm, I'm not being held up in my bloody house. Um, so the first week like, took a lot of bloody effort to get my head around it. And then after that, you know, you got into a bit of a routine. And I'm lucky enough that we're down by the walkway. So hop, skip, and I jump down to the bloody, <laughs> down to the tide. Every bloody opportunity I got, I just walk down there. I put my walking gear on and just have like a little jacket, big pocket on the front. My knife would be in the front of me, <laughs> and then I'd just watch around on the walkway. Oh, no one's out there, I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's one big rock that we go to out just at the Kawara Reef. Yeah, get in behind that. Hopefully, no one, no one or anything would see me out there. Bro, it's, it's, it's actually funny you should say that because one time it was a few years back now, and we were actually just walking along the foreshore. And then I, bro, I shot myself. There was a dude hiding in the bushes. I was like, and he was a, I think he was on a dock or somewhere, like looking at for people that were out for a dive, bro. Yeah. So right. is that quite a, is that quite a hot spot for um rangers or whatever they are? To, to be honest, I've never been like asked. My my cat shoes ever been checked. I always stick to my ten and <clears throat> proper size and that. But um, had a yarn to old Glenn Perry because he lives down the road. Yep. And he was saying he used to take his dog down and he'd get his ten, he'd tie his plastic bag full of ten power around his dog's neck, send his dog home. And then he'd follow the dog home with his team. <laughs> and he reckons he knew the fellow, luckily. And he said, you got a good dog there, Glenn. He goes, yeah. And just sort of him off. I was cracking up when he told me that story. But, um, yeah, I suppose, like, I went out uh, last weekend. Yeah, I'm sorry, not weekend, just gone the weekend before. And 
it would have been packed out there, bro. Yeah. Full of fun and kids and everyone. So, mean, bro. Um, I'm sure there will be, bro. I just haven't been asked yet. Yeah, yeah. Bro, so um, you said you you thought you struggled sort of the first week in terms of that first lockdown we went through and then sort of found your feet. Um, how did you find it going back to Mahi, bro? Did you get into a routine and think, yeah, this isn't too bad? Or were yeah. you sort of chomping at the bit to get back into a bit of mahi. So I think once we went to level three, like um, work was still closed. I'm down at aquatic centre, so work was still closed and they just had us doing some maintenance. So they emptied out the pool and um, they had to do a whole lot of stuff that was going to be done this year anyway. They were going to wait till the outdoor pool opened before yep. they'd done it inside. And so um, there were a few jobs, like we, we all went in together um, one day at work and sort of brainstormed what needed to be done and whatever else. And so all through level three, um, that was pretty much all we did. Like we gave the gym a bloody paint up and then we had to get on our knees and <laughs> pull all the silicon out of it. Like there's about six lines of silicon that go right through the end of the pool that took us four days, bro. So it's a bit, a bit of mahi in it. Oh, there was heat, bro. So it was sort of maybe a blessing in disguise? Yeah. Oh, like I was enjoying, like you could just go, our bosses were pretty flexible. It's like, just go and do your, do your hours that you're contracted to do and bugger off when you had to. Was there an, uh, any apprehension from start, some staff like going back to Mahi? Like, you know, I've heard of instances where people were a bit sort of scared about the virus still maybe up there, or was everyone just pretty keen to get back in and muck pretty in? Pretty much. Pretty much everyone was keen to get back into it. Like, people that come into the to work and that were a little bit sceptical and I suppose the council, you know, they have to, <clears throat> you know, be quite, I suppose, you know, follow the rules. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was um yeah, you got you got some people that were sort of overboard and then others were just <laughs> slap happy and still like they were beforehand, you know. Yeah. So obviously that we've just come out of lockdown, we didn't reach level four, but we were in level two. Um tell us about sort of challenges that you faced at work, Bray. Obviously you're working in the in the gym portion of the of the aquatic centre. Yeah. Um what were the sort of the restrictions sort of imposed on uh on the on the gym, bro? Yeah, so um the classes and that were all limited by size. And, uh, you know, everyone's just used to just rocking up. So it was having a, a case of having to book in and whatever else. So that created all sorts of headaches. So a lot of the members are quite older yeah. that use the gym. So how, how did they find it, Bray? How, how did they adjust to the... Uh, it was tough work. Like, <laughs> coming from work every day moaning about someone or something that had happened. So, um, I mean, they were, they were probably the toughest group to deal with and they sort of felt like they were, bit, you know, missing out. And it's like... Well, the kids are missing out too, you know. They didn't get the weekend swims. And yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we've done our best to accommodate everyone, and I think they appreciate that at the end yeah. of the day. We're the one, we're there, the generation we're trying to protect, aren't we? You know, yeah, from exactly, COVID. Exactly. Mean, bro. So, um, bro, Tanaki uh, lost the shield over the weekend after that uh, mean as win against Canterbury. Did you go out to the game? Went out to the game. Yep. Well, um, what were your thoughts, bro? Uh, to me, like when you play for a shield or something, you know, is something as big as that, you got to go and attack it. Um, and I felt like we probably just played like we were defending it rather mm. than attacking it. And I mean, the other team that comes is always going to come under a mile an hour and have all their ducks lined up ready to roll. So we, yeah, whether we started a little bit negative and then we realised that in the first half, who knows? Um, yeah, end of the day, we were just outplayed and probably mm. a little bit out outpassioned by Otago. They had come prepared and played, you know. I'm sure if the coaches were interviewed, they'd say that they followed their game plan to a T, I reckon. Mm. Mm. It's quite interesting you, you sort of said you have to attack the shield because I had um, Mitch Coswell on last week 
And he said exactly the same thing. Obviously, he started and he said, you don't go there to defend this area. You've got to try and you, you attack it. Mm. I thought, man, that's quite an interesting thought process, eh? Because everyone says, oh, they've got to defend the shield, defend the shield. It's like, no, you've got to attack for it. Because like you say, Otago came in all guns blazing. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really get to see the game because I was, I was working. Mm. And I always thought it was glancing up. But from what I saw, it was like, the Otago Fords, obviously it was a wet track out there, bro. Yeah. But they sort of seem to have the water over, over our Fords. Yeah. I don't know. There were there were times there where, I mean, you could see that both teams were firing into it. I think, uh, for me, I thought a crucial call. There was one call there where I think uh, Jared Prophet got called for a, a late tackle or something after one of the guys put up a bomb. And then that was 50-50 for me. I thought, oh. Could have let it play on, could have not. And then from that penalty, they kicked it into the corner, five-metre line-out, drove over, and then followed it up with another try. And it was, to me, it was a bit of a turning point in the game. I yeah, think. just those little calls, eh? Yeah, and then uh, it was always going to be tough, you know, when you you got score on the board, you know, scoreboard pressure, and you don't have to play much footy. And Otago just played good into the win rugby in that second half. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, another another major result from the weekend. Um, I didn't actually see the game, but saw the result after it happened. Um, Hawks Bay getting the wood over uh, Canterbury, bro. So that's two losses in a row from, from, for Canterbury. Did you see that game? Didn't watch it. Um, had a bloody 60th to go there. So yeah. There, but um, had a quick look at the highlights. They, they look like they're playing some good code. And I mean, everyone outside of Christchurch likes seeing Canterbury beaten. So <laughs> it's always good to watch. Eh? Hawks Bay, I think they got the uh, challenge for the Shield this week. Yeah, it'll be a good game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll definitely rate their chances after uh, knocking over Canterbury over the weekend. Yeah, bro. Um, bit of drama with regards to the All Black season. Obviously, some shit happening for the rugby championship. But um, you know, it's it's all it is what it is now. Uh, but we had a couple of Bluto's Cup games before then. Uh, Sunday Arvos, I do believe. So that's going to be good to see a bit of Sunday footy. Um, just your thoughts on the squad, bro. Um, you know the Bolters, those who maybe were a bit unlucky. Um, and just your thoughts around uh, the squad that was named, bro. Yeah. Oh, first of all, it would be awesome to see some Sunday footy. I mean, you know, I remember, oh, I, it's a bad memory, though. I remember John Eels kicking that oh. conversion or penalty or whatever it was at Capeton. So, um, Were you there? Nah, nah. Nah. I think I was, must have been still up here and must have been just before I went to uni down there. Yeah, yeah. But I um, must remember it like it was yesterday. Oh. <clears throat> but there was that stretch there where that, it was just seemed like they were just winning right at the end, bro, just to deny us a better zone. Yeah, there was that one. And Kef, I mean, Kefru, scoring. yes, bro. Yeah, they were, they were good days, though. Like, it was always, it was good when you, you knew the All Blacks Aussie was 50-50 yeah. again, where the last few years, I mean, since my son's been born, I think he's just known the All Blacks to be top dog. Bro, and it's it's weird, bro, because, like, does your, does your son always think that the All Blacks are going to win? I think so. Whereas, like, me, I'm like, they're just always that team, bro. You just never know. Yeah. And it, I don't know. And then obviously, was it last year we went to Perth and they absolutely destroyed us mm. and then came over here and then yeah, yeah. got them back. But I don't know. Regardless of how bad they've been playing, they're just always that team. You just don't know. And I, and I, I think back to um the 2011 World Cup semi final when we played them in Eden Park, bro. Mm. And there was a massive hub about what was going to happen. And, bro, and we actually pumped them in the end, bro. But mm. I just remember the week leading up to that game and um, mates of mine that went from New Zealand just going, man, you guys are out of it. You know, it's only, I said, no, nah, it's Aussie though. Yeah. But yeah, just that kind of mentality. They're that team that just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think mate. it was, you know, our generation just going through that, that phase. <laughs> going through all that herd in my mind. Yeah, 100%. So um, yeah, just your thoughts. Of the, yeah. 
Um, yeah, someone like uh, Hoskins, I think Super Rugby form, you know, he deserved it. But um, usually, I mean, in the past, you know, it's always been previous self at Super Rugby for a couple of seasons before being picked in the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. And guys like him and Cullum Grace and that, you know, they've won season sort of wonders and they're in there. So, I mean, you can see why Tadnaki folk and someone like Lachlan Boshi would be, you know, a bit annoyed or a bit gutted because he's done it for the last two or three seasons for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him, I, was, I was impressed by the guy Talia on the wing for the Blues. I thought he was... Yeah, bro, yeah. Just, you know, something different on a winger and went looking for work and worked in busy. the ruck. Yeah, busy. Um, so someone like him, but that, yeah, that Cullen Grace was, he stood out like a sore thumb at the start of the season. He was awesome. Yeah. Um, work rate, tough, physical. And I think, like, if you look at the, the forwards they've picked, I think, and it might be back to that semi final loss to England and in the World Cup, they've gone for a bigger body. Mm. And maybe that's worked against Brochier. They've gone for that bigger body, bigger ball carry. Um, and I think, like, you listen to John Plumtree after the selection, and he sort of said, We've picked guys that can go through the line rather than having needing space to sort of, you know, yeah, use yeah. footwork and get through it. And so I think we did miss a bit of that um, in the World Cup. And so that's obviously an idea or area they've probably highlighted. And because lots of Tutu and Akira Ioani have probably benefited from it. Yeah, well, he's he's been knocking on the door, um, Ioani, for a long time, eh? Yeah. And it was like, is he going to get his chance? And yeah, he's finally in there. So. Interesting to see how they go. Eh? Like, what, what do you think that someone like like Boshi has to do, bro? To... The only thing I can think <laughs> of is, is be a bit more, bit more brutal in the contact. Yeah, you know he's he's so good at um, you know just tackle, get to his feet, turnover, or just first man in. That's his bread and butter. And so that's the only thing I can think of because shit, he's been doing everything else yes, pretty right. bloody well. Mm. But I want to want to talk about a guy um, from Canterbury they call it Jordan, bro. Obviously, or Tasman, but yeah. played for the Crusaders. Fuck, he's outstanding, eh? Yeah, I think. Like you look at the backs these days, they you got to have that real, um, that real explosive pace. That first ten meters, yeah. Um, first fives, Moanga, Buddy Barrett, Damian McKenzie, they're all real quick. So I think that's one sort of attribute you have to have, and he's got that. Um, and the other thing, like as a back, fullback, first five, same thing. You need. To look like you got time on the ball, and, mm. you know, time with the ball. Dan Carter was, yeah, you know, that that made it's it's something that's sort of hard to coach. Um, you just see it in some people, yeah, and uh, he's one of those fellas. <laughs> yeah, crazy, bro. Hey, um, well, down at the bar, we, we run a um an internal comp called the Sky Survivor. Um, just to give you a bit of context, basically, um, it's run for the Mighty Ten Cup. Uh, you pick one team who you think's going to win for that round. If they win, then you progress. If they lose or draw, you are out. And we saw some, uh, basically, the field was decimated with uh, some of the results over the week. Uh, a lot going on Canterbury and Taranaki. Um, yourself, you're still in there. Uh, unlucky to a couple of the boys. Uh, Adam Bayless, useless. But um, just your thoughts on uh, your thought pro process and into picking who you think's going to win for this upcoming week. Because me, I had, an, I had an, my wife in there. And we both dipped out. I picked uh, Taranaki. She, she picked Canterbury. She picked Canterbury. We, you know, rabbit is. But um, you know, what's your thought pro process, bro? Because there's five hundred bucks on the line, man. Uh, we discussed this last week. We we're trying to give some tips, but to me, it's just week to week. Um, go through, and oh, I like. I don't like picking Sunday games, even though I did this week. I picked Auckland to beat Manawatu. I'd rather pick a game where I know exactly who's playing. 
just yeah. with um you know the way rugby is nowadays you, these teams boosting players and people out with injury and whatever else i'd rather know exactly what i'm punching it's like team who okay. know who the team was it's like going to back a horse and you know, yeah you yeah. don't even know, know anything about the horse no form. so uh so there you know, I, I try to um unless i'm really confident i was really confident Auckland would bounce back after losing to wellington and home at eden park and one or two being sort of down there and so that's why i picked them but uh looking at the picks this week it's tough i think maybe tasman's going to be the one that a lot of people will jump on yeah well i've already picked them so i can't pick them. <laughs> and i thought the other one might have been uh maybe waikato yeah well that's what i'm leaning to it's <laughs> a sunday game down in dunedin and it'll probably be snowing down there so whether that's southland will be, will be void though after yeah. that what this will this be there they'll be yeah. going for three yeah there will be yeah um so yeah tough tough picks i i'm leaning towards waikato but We'll see what happens. Mean, bro. Oh, it's a bit of good banter anyway, the old Sky Survivor. Yeah. Bro, um, we're going to go back in time, bro. Um, run us through, bro. Your upbringing, growing up in Waitara, uh, where you went to school, sport, after school, uni. What's the lowdown, bro? Cool. Um, so, obviously born, as you've alluded to, born in Waitara. I'm real proud of that. What, so what street you go up on? We're on Park Lane, bro, straight across the league grounds. Park Lane? Yeah. We're out there the other day, I was pointed out the house and some good memories man it was just straight over i remember just running up and down at the league grounds here kicking my ball to myself and commentating my game <laughs> <laughs> who were you bro oh whoever was the best player yeah. at the time bro <laughs> i remember i was richard jarman was a huge fan when i was a kid jazz from out there Mean. so i was usually putting up box kicks and i was jarman <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah spent my first um all, all in my primary school at white east um had some awesome awesome teachers and some awesome days there um it's an awesome buddy rugby team too with, i think standard three and four we uh we won the tabnaki comp but we were, oh shit. we were good like this josh selby and sean cooper and tyrone o'carroll there are a few good players there jeez so how do you how did you win that? Do you get to play against the whites of the yeah, teams first, uh, and then progress? I think or? so. Yeah, I don't know yeah. exactly how it all worked, but um, we'd win the seven aside. They'd always have that at Queen's birthday up here at Two Copper. Yep. Um, we won that a couple of times. So just a good sort of crew of kids, you know. Sometimes yeah. you, you go through people like the old man and, and our coaches out there put a bit of time into us too. So you know you don't realise that as a kid, but I think it makes a big difference. Well, I want to sort of step in there because obviously you've you've been involved in coaching from seniors through to uh, through to kids. When do you obviously kids go out there that don't know anything about the game, they just want to have a run around with their mates, pass the ball? When do you think it's a good time to start <laughs> developing their skills and, 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 and their awareness and how to see space and putting yeah. people into space? When when would you sort of start sort of dialing in on that, bro? Yeah, like I took my boys' team, Jordan's team, since they were six or seven, and um, what I try to do at training, I just would highlight sort of the key aspects of what I thought, you know, they needed to learn. So initially they don't tackle, so that took that out of place. So it's catch and pass. And so each week I'd just focus in on a skill and tra training, and then that training would just be that focused on that. And I'd just awesome. try and – all I'd try and do is just teach the real basics and some key points. So it's three key, key teaching points for a catch and pass. So meet the ball, and then once you've got the ball, what you're doing with your eyes or your body shape, and then just the key things of – Cross the body, follow through, point your hands at the target, sort of thing, and they'll just drill that for their whole training. So was that when they, when you, so you had them from an early age, yeah. and you've had them all the way through. Yeah. Also, how many years in total? Oh, I had them for five or six years, I think. Um, Shit. So how, you've seen them develop right. from right from that early age. Rewarding, rewarding. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I'd just do that, and then I'd just say, look, player of the day will be the one that can show me that they've learnt those skills at training, and we'll put it into play in the game. Oh, I'd just drill that, and yeah. that was just the way I'd break it down. And it worked for me, and might not work for others, but for me, like you've got to you've got to make sure the kids are better player at the end of the season. Yeah, like you can teach them gameplay and stuff and what you want to do, and that's cool, but. Is the player going to be a better player in terms of all your fundamental skills if you're mm. just teaching them a game plan rather than your skills? Dang. Um, Fuck, that's pretty intense for kids. But then, yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah, I, like I'd, I'd keep it as fun as possible. Like yeah. I'd teach the skill and then I'd try and put them in a little bit of pressure with it and then just we'll play a game, have fun, Man. play the game, but just focus on those three things that I've taught you for today. So how long does a kid's practice go for generally these days? Oh, I never go longer than an hour. Yeah, that's where you pretty much <laughs> need, yeah. eh? Yeah, I remember the old two-hour ones with the catches. Yeah. So uh, primary school, what to the east? Yeah. You had the rugby team that dominated one ton like primary schools. Um, any teachers that left a lasting impression on you there, bro? Um, oh, my favourite there was Mrs. Titter. Yeah. Mrs. Titter was awesome. I did what to the central, actually, yeah. as well. No, yeah. she was awesome. A lot of my teachers there were sort of would come into the school and then gone after a year or two. Yeah, but she was one of the mainstays, and yeah, I I just clicked with her. Brown, I mean, you do as you do with teachers. Um, Love my time with her, and that was must have been about standard three or standard two or standard three. Um, yeah, love that school. So what to the east? You go then go to yeah, yep. Um, what was um was there any trepidation, bro? Going into intermediate, or you were looking forward to it? Um, you know, obviously you're going to be meeting kids from Waterloo Central as well. The enemy, uh, St. Joe's, they obviously had Form 1 and Form 2, so you didn't really get to mingle with them, yeah. possibly later on. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts around uh, going intermediate, bro? No, I was looking forward to a lot. My brother and sister had been through, and they love the school and heard great stuff about it. So as with any new school or new environment, you feel a little bit nervous. But, yeah. Um, nah, I was looking forward to it. You'd heard all the different stories about bloody Mr. Bennett with his in his bed and all sorts. <laughs> Did you get it? Nah, he wasn't my teacher. <laughs> um, nah, who were your, who were your teachers? Oh, I only had one teacher, so I had uh, Miss Hobbs, Sharon Hobbs. Um, and she took us year, or oh, what was that, year seven? And then usually she only took year seven classes, and we must have been a good bunch, right? Because she took us in year eight as well, <laughs> pretty much just stayed together. One sort of crew right through. And what what rooms were they? Uh, room three upstairs above. Oh yeah, I know we on the on the end there. Yeah, yeah, yep. right at the top. By the flex bush. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, they were besties I've I had at school. You don't realise it when you're there. Money's mean, eh? Yeah, you don't realise it when you're there, and then you get to high school and you got all the <laughs> different subjects, different teachers, and the stress of exams and whatever else. So we managed just go there, have fun, and enjoy your days. So um, obviously. Your mates that went from wide to these move on to money as well. So you've got a good core of um, 40 players as, there as well. And then you've got the guys coming from wide to the central too, bro. Any weapons from wide to the central that played footy as well? Uh, there are a few. Like uh, Everyone always asks me, are you related to all the other Coopers out on Waterloo? There's someone like Tehita Cooper yep. and Tipani Welch and that. Um, but there was like guys like Hemi Grant who'd come from Udanui. And yeah. There's a good, really good first 15 at money, bro. We... So first uh, form one. Yeah. Year seven, is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, first thing that, that year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who was coach? She must have been up. Yeah. And Nathan Maddock was a weapon. He was oh. just man amongst boys then. And like we were okay. We were matching it with Highlands and Devon. I think we might have just lost to both, maybe. But all our games were pretty tight. Yeah. Um, and there was quite a few of us 
um, you know, um, year seven. So we thought next year we'll have a gun team. Gonna pump it. <laughs> yeah. Are you the same age as my brother or? Uh, yeah, Banks was there. He was a year older. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah he was there when I was. Was he playing first with him or no? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. 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 Him and Nathan were but he, bigger yeah. than the rest of us, that's for sure. <laughs> Hence the nickname, Biggs. Yeah. But what's your nickname? Childhood. Uh, Coops? Uh, nah. nah. I didn't really have one that sort of stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just. Yeah, I didn't really have one, to be honest. Everyone just sort of coops and, and B-read now, but yep. it was after the movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't really have one as a kid. Mm. So um, Mr. Bennett was a coach in that yeah. first year. Um, influences in your first year at Manikorihi, bro? Uh, Teacher-wise? Yeah, teacher-wise. Oh, I enjoyed it all because it was all pretty new. Yeah. There was no one really that sort of <laughs> – it was funny um, – <laughs> Mr. Spanik was, oh, like, I already knew Mr. Spanik because yeah. Kids and Casey were best friends. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, always got on well with him. And, yeah. And then Mr. Bennett was cool. And um, I think, I can't remember if he, I think it was his first year teaching, Jason Elder was there. And oh, yeah, I know yeah. And Jace previously as well, and he was right into cricket and rugby, and that was me too. So, yeah, probably those guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just there, that was it. So you come back uh, to Manu in, in Form 2, uh, aspirations for the first Athena High. How did you guys go in that Form 2 year? Yeah, like, we knew we knew we were pretty good. And because uh, your first game's always Ross Intermediate and uh, Palmy. But we were actually the first, when I was there, we were the first ones that played Ross. Oh, yeah. yeah we were the first year that, cool. that set up and we fucking smoked them, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we were lucky enough. We smoked them. Oh, it must have been 67, yeah. 70 or something. Yeah. And so we thought, oh, we're pretty good then because that's usually not bad in party. Yeah. So we're like, oh, yeah, sweet. Um, Do they still play that game? Do you know? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Clint's boy Teddy's out there now. And bro, I was real proud. I went and watched my boys at Highlands and they played a couple of weeks ago. Manu beat them. Did they? To win the, the junior sort of, or, you know, the, they call it Barrett Cup now. That wasn't sort of around. But yeah. What is it? Beat Highlands, Barrett. Barrett Cup. Yep. Yeah. Just for year seven and eight. Me. Um, so it's all the. The intermediates, Howard, Devon, Highlands, Manu, and now France Douglas from it too. Wow, and Manu won. Yeah, it was right down to the wire, try for try the whole way. Where was that played? At Manu. Yeah. Uh, Mikey coached them. Sure. It was a cool game. I was quietly stoked. I Sat there with my brother Clinton Trasky and that. It was, it was good, good time during one of them. Primo, bro. Mm. So you smoked Ross then that first game? Yeah. And then went into Highlands, I think. And that was about 80 points. And so we knew we were... Oh, well, smoked the maybe points? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, any names of note in the Highland side? Oh, not that I can remember. Yeah. I don't remember sort of too much for them. But, um, yeah, we had a bloody deadly backline. I still talked to a couple of mates who went to Devon, and they were just like, mate, you Couldn't believe it. man children. You're still <laughs> the same size now. <laughs> um, and, yeah, dealt to them. And then um, must have been... Howard and we knew like just because you know you played league and rugby against some fellas so you already knew who was sort of who yeah. we thought oh these fellas would be tough and then beat them 50 something five I think they oh. were the only team to score a try on us that year Shit. and then Devon was about 80 or 90 again but um, real so yeah. also and then Mr Bennett again was the coach yeah yeah yep. and then pretty much all of that crew we all went into boys eyebrow which was 
probably no no good for white at all. But I think like all of us are real passionate about sports. We had a gun basketball team too. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rito coached us for basketball both seasons. We won year seven and year eight. We won that. Um, yeah, and we all just about the whole crew went through to boys high. But we'll touch on we'll, we'll touch on boys high soon. Um, but just going back to Manu, uh, which house were you in? Who are you? Who? Oh, straight up. Yeah. Mean it go go right. <laughs> to be honest, I can't remember. But I was in I was in who are you too, bro? And we fucking dominated. We can't because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> But no, those were always good times out of the old tabloid sports and oh bro, just getting out there anytime, mate. Eh? Yeah, my favourite memory, I still remember it. I remember like if Mr. Spanik needed a job done, he'd get us to come do it. And it'd always be me and Lance Edwin. And um, one day we had, I think it was tabloid sports was supposed to happen. He goes, Oh, I need you to go with Mr. Hikaka and go and get the um Mr. Hikaka fuck this people awesome. the past. Yeah. Um some uh, gym mats, some high high jump mats. From the gym, gymnastics club. Oh, yeah, three days. So we didn't got them. Spent ages there. He let us play on the, on the gymnastics gear for about an hour. And then picked them up, got back to school, and it started raining. And he goes, oh, no, we have to delay tabloid sports. You fellas better take them back with them now. <laughs> yes. Another hour. <laughs> <laughs> the whole day was just a cruiser. <laughs> oh, me, you know, you're looking for any, any opportunity eh, to get out of class or whatever. Eh? Yeah. Bro, that's awesome. Bro, half an hour down already. Uh, when we come back, obviously, we'll talk about how a lot of that talent came into New Plymouth, uh, and, and into the boys high, um, and, and, and into boys high school. So, um, yeah, we'll see you soon on the Samson Says podcast with my special guest, Mr. Brad Cooper. Cheerfano. <laughs> Kia welcome back to the Samson Says podcast with my guest, Mr. Brad Cooper. So, bro, what to the east, Manukurihi. Um, you don't go to what to the high. You and a, and a core group of mates end up coming into New Plymouth Boys High School. Just talk us through um, the conversations leading up into, into how that happened, bro. Yeah, I think the old man and old lady were keen to get me to come in. And um, a lot of us had sort of talked about it and then I just remember boys high coming out to Manu and doing a few interviews and that and whether or not that they realized that we were quite good at sport and whatever else I don't don't really know but um a few of us were real keen and I think a couple of the other boys I think big Cole Cole Edwin had been mm. been at boys high eh? and Lance yep. was a good good friend of ours and we'd all sort of talked about it and yeah I'd, mainly for sporting opportunities but I was Handy at cricket when I was a young fella and, and loved my rugby and basketball too. So, yeah, the whole group of us, we didn't really make a conscious effort or, you know, say, let's all go to boys high school. Mm. And we just all... Just all happened. Yeah, and we all just sort of went through and boys would have given sticks out. Bloody nightmares on the bus because he was the bus driver then and all the boys <laughs> <laughs> on the bus. Um, but I only spent, I think I was only there third form. I just, Mum and dad worked in town too, so... yeah. I just used to get rides in with you, and I was hardly ever on the bus. And then by year 10, bro, mum and dad moved into town. So yep. it was easy then. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't even harbour the thoughts coming going to Waterloo High? Not really. Because a lot of, of your mates were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, a, yeah, yeah, I didn't really even think about it too much. I mean, I'd always go and watch Clinton NG Sport, bro. I just got dragged around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And love watching, you know, back then when Waterloo were. Clint's basketball team were awesome, bro. Yeah. Andre and Raymond and that. I remember they were beating the boys high first five then. They were awesome. So Clint played 
he was first off basketball, eh? Yeah. Fuck. And in terms of his rugby, what position was he? Uh, he played on the midfield usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he played, played like he was a real, he was a gun cricketer when he was young, bro. He was cricketer? Really, yeah. The outswing bowler and Fuck. he was real good. Um, and then, as you do, bro, if you play heaps, like you're playing cricket every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Over. you just get sick of it. Yeah. And I was the same, like, sort of, I carried on through high school and that, but by the end of high school, I was sick of it. So what I were you, bro? Bowler? Better? Just to open the betting, bro. Um, I'd get a bowl when we needed a wicket. <laughs> just sort of <laughs> chuck the ball to you. Work your magic. Bit of a Kane Williamson? Or... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, no, I, said, oh, I wasn't. Like, it was back when Mark Greetbatch and that was, was starting to have a go at the top of the order. I was like, uh, yeah, I just want to be like them. Have give a it a smack. <laughs> Fuck, he was a weapon, our yeah. Greetbatch. So um, you come into Boys High, bro. Um, what's it like, bro? A massive eye-opener. Young fellas coming from Waitara into the big the big smoke. Um, or was it, were you like a duck to water, bro? I was like, yeah, the, yeah, this is mean. No, nah, it, it was a bit apprehensive at first, and I think we all would have been. Um, I remember one of my first assemblies at Boys High, was fellas next next to me were talking, and just remember the third form dean at the time, Mr. Letha, we're tight as now. he just come up to me, must have thought it was me. Stand up. In front of like 1200 boys <laughs> standing up in the middle of assembly and had to stay standing the whole assembly. I was like, Well, boy, yourself, yeah, and the mates everyone else sitting down. I was like, Oh, shit. so it's because I'm from White today, so <laughs> it was funny because all us White today boys would all just kind of sit outside the tuck shop and everyone knew exactly where we sat. Did you, how did you fellas get treated? Um, but you know, uh, by the townies, was it a bit of like, Do these White today fellas, sort of, was uh, it, bro? Um, there, there was the initially, yeah. Like you, all our group age group wouldn't say anything, but you could tell all the older, you know, the older ones. There's always, you know, that that's what that's what this like at boys. Oh, you know, there's still that <coughs> sort of you know senior belt or senior sort of students and that. So <laughs> that will try and pull us into line. <laughs> so you go in at, at third form, uh, year nine. Um, how many older students were there from Waitara, bro? If any? Yeah, there were a few. Like, yeah, I think Tyler and that would were there, Tyler, Robbie, and a few of them, and I think they were sort of just coming to sort of back into six, fifth or sixth form, yeah. sort of about to leave, so um, there were a few, but pretty much once all those boys left, it was we were the only sort of what's had a crew there, there were a few others, but not uh, as in big terms as... of, yeah, like a cohort of that year, yep. we were the biggest sort of crew, and we sort of, most of us stayed right through to sixth six form seventh form at least mean mm-hmm. so third form um in terms of rugby bro uh what team did you play for played so I, as i said like we were all pretty big we had to play c grade back then which i think was like an open weight um for sort of year nines and ten so uh mr hall jeff hall yeah he's down in um scott's college now i think he was my coach a real good coach yeah. too um i think I can't remember if we won it or if we lost to France Douglas in the final, but it was a good season. And then usually you'd go from that and because there's, I think, the C, D, E grade, yep. E grade, all the smaller ones. But went from there and then usually you'd go to under 15s and four form. So that was sort of the goal, make the under 15s and yeah. four form. Then you're tracking nicely that way. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but played every sport I could, bro. I got yep. into volleyball, played cricket, rugby, basketball. There's, wasn't everything. Primo. Um, did you ever play White to the High at rugby at all? Yeah. Um, it was funny. They beat us. Did I they? Think it was, must have been <laughs> under 15s. It was under 15s in year 10. And um, must have been 
their second Seconds, level. Seconds, I think, yeah. bro. And they had some good footy players and a few of them. That you'd come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy Grant and that. And he's a good sportsman. Were well, they trying to give it to you, bro, <coughs> when, when you played uh, them? I think Bix might have even played that game. I can't <laughs> quite remember. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was a good luck, good-hearted game. And I remember they, they beat us. Jimmy cut us up. And after that, boys, I'm like, we want him to come here. Oh, and he came through. And he ended up <laughs> coming through. What the? F- yeah. Just rape and pillage the, <laughs> the smaller communities. Just quietly. It's probably still like that, to be honest. <laughs> but it, like, it's like looking back now, it's, you know, I always wondered why, why guys came through, but it just makes sense when you think about it, eh? Yeah. And if, I mean, especially nowadays, if you want to, um, you know, if you think sports your avenue and you want to go, then the you have to do it. Just, eh? The opportunities are great. And nowadays, like back then, not so much. But nowadays, like if you have a look at the German, like Mister Ralston with the strength and conditioning stuff, next bro, level. Oh, mate, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's doing good work up there, eh? In that respect. Yeah. Yeah. The Work schools, it. the schools, in good shape at the moment, mate. Work it. Yeah. Um. So you go through, you make, you make the under fifteens. When do you crack the first 15, bro? <clears throat> so it must have been, so I went up from under 15s, second 15, the f- in fifth form, and then I had two years in sixth and seventh form in the first 15. And who coached you in the second form? Uh, second 15, second sorry. Second 15, it was Colin Maihi, who was the Māori teacher yep. there. And I think Jeff Hall was helping him that year. Yep. So I'd already had him, and they, they were cool days. Like, we were playing sec- uh, under 20s then. Fuck. And we made the final. We lost two copper in the final that year. We had a good team though. Like it was, there's a few six and seven formers that we missed out on the first fifteen. Yeah, they were a little bit unlucky. Uh, guys like VJ Cameron, Alex Hussey, and that. Like we had a good team. Ben Sooners was in that. The team. first must have been pretty deadly then. Yeah, the firsts. Uh, yeah, they were okay. I thought they were just sort of typical bulls. Eye. They were, you know, they were hereabouts. Yeah. Um, in the Super 8 competition, but yeah, we had an awesome year. I think we might have won the Super 8 second 15 comp the year, or if we didn't win it, we were second. Mm. So we had a good team. Mean. So you, you cracked the first in your, your sixth form and seventh form, bro. How was that, bro? Nah, it was awesome. Um, Blaine talked about it with the first 15 this year. I still remember um, being a third former watching the, the school do the hucker. While the team was playing, just going, fuck, I want a piece of that. Yeah, bro. I want a piece of that. And I still remember because um played second 15 and then played Tadnaki under 16s and met Jeremy Ballin for the first time. <laughs> and uh, we struck it up like his best friends straight away almost. <laughs> and I was on to him, bro, because he was playing with Harwater then. Yeah. I said, bro, you got to come through the high. So he came in, he lived with his auntie in town and pretty much he was, we just spent every bloody day together. And I said to him, bro, come boys high. And anyway, we made our debut together. It was Auckland Grammar on the gully, and um, I was playing fullback, and he was on the wing. And I remember the school started up into a hucker on the side, and old Boylan's head just turned and looked at the hucker. Just watched. <laughs> and their, their first five and a half back put up a kick to him, and I done the hi. <laughs> and turned around, like, oh shit! <laughs> wow, you probably freaking out, going holy shit! Yeah. I, I, I told all the first 15 in that story this year when I was coaching. And I said, I'll never forget it. <laughs> up. Bro, um, I was going to sort of touch on that, that team a little later on, but um, Tanaka is under 16, 2001. Yeah. Uh, you played eight. You won seven. You won your semi against uh, Hawks Bay. Close one, 10-6. And you lost a close final to Wellington, 13-11. 
Bro, just talk us through that year because it sounds like it was a pretty special team, eh? Yeah, so you'd, you'd always play a couple of games um, in the lead-up and then you'd go to Hurricanes tournament. Yep. They still have that? Uh, so Tanaki's part of the Chiefs now. Oh, it's still the Chiefs. Tanaki go the Chiefs yep. one, yeah. Um, and so we had a good team. Brett Gooden, like, he played first 15 all year. And usually it's all sort of like it's other schools' first 15 players, a few seconds from boys high and the odd first 15 player. And... Um, that was, yeah, that was a good team. Um, went through, yeah, won, won all our games. Beating Hawks Bay was a huge game, I think. Yeah. Paul and got an intercept and won that game for us. Oh. Hawks Bay. Um, so that took us in the final against Wellington, and they had some gun players. It was like, I remember it was like Serge Lilo, Jacob Allison. There's some real awesome guys. Guys went on? Yeah, Fafili Lavavi, I think. And they were just monsters back then. Like, yeah. Some of us were big, but oh, they were huge. Yeah. Um, close game, and I reckon... Brett Gooden went over, I think it was Chip Chase sort of thing, and like went over in the corner, it was 50-50 whether he scored he or not. He fucking scored, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you got dis- disallowed and we lost 13-11 in the final. Oh. It was over in Gizzy, but it was cool trip. Cool yeah. trip. Mean, bro. Um, so h- h- how did you go uh, for first with Dean, bro? Personally, how did you think you went and, and how did the team go as a whole yeah. back in boys' high, bro? Uh, so sixth form year, we went okay. Like, we won... Won as many as we lost. I remember we lost by Tri to Rotorua and Napier, and they both went on to contest the final and mm. drew six all and shared it. So we weren't that far away, but yeah, yeah. when we were at school, you just didn't have that belief. Yeah. And I found that with the kids this year. Like, just whether it's because we come from a smaller sort of province and just don't back ourselves, I'm not sure. But um, I reckon they had the Rotorua. Uh, they had them, eh? Still grinds me. <laughs> talk about it. Um, so yeah, that, that year was okay. We, we we went all right. Um, following year, I thought we'd have a real good team in my year 13, second form. I thought we'd have a real good team, and there were a few kids like we'd gone on a well, the highlight of that sixth form year was we went on a world trip right to the UK and the um states. The well, states was just a stopover at Disneyland, and yeah, something so they played over in the UK, and that was yeah, that was how many games? Uh, must have been about well, like we took a squad of 30, so you'd go to a um, well, the first game was Wellington College, and that was like they hadn't lost a game in about 15 years or something. Guys like James Haskell and that we played against. Straight up. And, and like the, when you go to this private school and it's got its own golf course, it's got a deer farm. It's set at like the seven form common room, had its own beer taps. Oh, it was what? Just unreal. And we got all billeted in the hostel, and one of the boys' birthdays, they got a like, stripper in for him. <laughs> And like you're drinking, <laughs> and back then, like, yeah, he's a big camcorder, yeah. And so, on the trip, there's like a pink t shirt, and the dick of the day got there. God, they had to wear that t shirt, yeah. and it never got washed. So, you're trying to, record. oh, I can't remember who it was, had the video, and didn't press record. <laughs> oh, no. And so, they got the pink t shirt, but yeah, that was sort of the school. And you still ruin it today, you mug. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so we went there and like they made the mistake of telling us this would be our test match. Yeah. And we got there, we beat them like in a real close one. Probably my best game for the first fifteen in that game. They played full back try, again? Yeah, scored a try and it was quite a good try. And then um yeah, we beat them must have been by about a try of six or seven points or something. Like were they filthy? They had like a band and everything, man. It was <laughs> unreal. Um, playing on the sidelines and that. And then after that, like every town we went to we sort of played like club teams under 20s or under 23s or like a club yeah. team and then the 
sort of second 15 or second crew would play the school or whatever school they'd organised it with. But I just remember going every bullet you'd go in, and it didn't matter if it was Monday night, Tuesday night, Sunday night, do you want to go for a beer? Yeah, we're only 15, 16, 16. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so every place we go, we just be having a beer. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So thir- a squad of 30 went over. How many went over all together? Because I dare say you'd need a few parents to yeah, fucking keep you Larrikins under control. 20 parents. Um, ah. It would have been an awesome trip for them too and the teachers. I mean, we're getting billeted everywhere, so they would have had some good time. So you had some hectic fundraising for that trip, bro? Yeah. Yep. What sort of stuff fun. did you do? I don't, oh, we had to do a whole heap of different things. I don't really remember yep. too much, but I, I said, tell my young fella the story all the time. I had to go and get a job, like because we knew sort of two years out. So mum's go and get a job at the supermarket. Yeah, and I hated it because I'd always have to work on a Friday night till midnight, and then <laughs> Sunday night when you had a big Saturday or whatever, it's the last thing you had to do. And my uncle, who owned a panel beating business downtown, he came around for a barbecue on Sunday night. He goes, sit down, and have a beer with me, and I said, oh, I've got to go to work. He goes, oh. What are you going to work for? I said, oh, I've got this world, world trip to going on for rugby. He goes, I'll oh, sponsor you. I said, oh, yeah, sweet, it is. I've got him and And mum just like, nah, Lost nah, it. Nah. And mum's like, no, no, no. And looking back on it, it's probably the best thing because she, you know, taught me, you have to, if you wanted something, you're doing it. Actually, you worked there, you two years of wages to supplement the trip. Went on, went on the trip, bro. And with my notice in straight away. <laughs> Got the seven forms like stuff that I'm not working there anymore. Was that in town here, bro? Yeah. yeah. Oh me. Yeah, the old one. We're um by the Cobham KD. We are oh, yeah. now. Yes, bro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um how long how long were you in the UK for, bro? Uh well the whole trip was about two and a half, three weeks. Oh yeah. There's some there's some awesome memories so like I I just said I, I still remember a lot of it like it was yesterday. Yeah. And the rugby was easy by the end of it. Well, you have to remember it like it was yesterday because the edit didn't press record. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, so um, you, you finished your rugby career at school, obviously, um, but you, you hooked into other sport as well, bro. Cricket and basketball were big, volleyball. Um, obviously, rugby's your, your, your sort of main priority. Do the, do the coaches and that put um, the, the heat on you not to play the sport or do they sort of entertain it, bro? Like, how do you sort of manage that? Because you're a young fellow, bro. Yeah. And you know how we're young, we just want to get amongst everything. Did you play league as well, bro, or sort of stayed away oh, from league? It was funny. Like, I was saying the other day to, to the missus when we were out there, I said, the old man, he was like staunch rugby. And back yeah. then it was like rugby or league. And he let me play, but he said to me, oh, I'm not paying your fees. So... <laughs> Guy Selby was the coach, and me and Josh were tight. And oh, so good bugger, old guy. We'd all hang out together. Yeah. And so he'd always pick me up and take me. I think the old man probably didn't want to take me on a Sunday morning either. <laughs> and then like I'd play all season, and then to play in the finals, you had to pay your fees. So I'd play all season, <laughs> and then I remember it. I still remember it. Just being absolutely gutted, the old man, nah. And watching the boys over at Clark well, Park he, in he the didn't final. actually pay the fees. No, nah, he wouldn't let me play. <laughs> Fuck, that is commitment, eh? That's commitment to the code, bro. <laughs> Boys win? Oh, fuck, I was too gutted. I didn't even care. I just remember sitting in the lounge just shaking my head. Fuck, that is hearty. Um, <laughs> this son, here's your fees. Nah. Yeah. It was funny because we were with the boys this year and Mr. Marco, who's, oh, i got a lot of time for it, Boys yeah. High, and everyone sort of that goes to Boys High knows who he is. Yeah. We're sitting in there and all these fellas have been cheeky in the back seat and he said to us, oh, you fellas. Shut up. You fellas can talk when you fellas have won a national title. 
I looked at him and he was like, what national title did we win? He goes, remember, bro, junior volleyball nationals. I said, oh, shit, that's right, we did too. Straight up. And it was, bro, he goes, remember, the whole team was all from Waitara except for Jonathan Snowden. Pretty much that was the case. And we were all from Waitara. So you won junior volleyball nationals? Yeah, Where best was it? Over in Hawke's Bay. Um, ah. I think it was, it was Division 2 maybe, I think, bro. So it wasn't Division 1, the top leagues. But, yeah. We blitzed it. Like, I mean, for winning the final, easy. So that, would that mean that the next team would actually make it into Division 1? or I think you'd, you'd play your Tadnaki qualifiers and Spotswood must have just beaten us. Oh, they're the guns, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're guns. And um, so we were quite happy. Like, we knew uh, we are in the easy grade. We ain't going to have to meet uh, Hillary College and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, who were just guns. Yep. They're all jump-serving and we're just doing the old underarmers. <laughs> <laughs> so um, rugby, volleyball, basketball played a big part as well? Yeah. Yep. I was... Uh, picked in the first five when I was year 10 a whole lot of us me and Tehida and a few others jeez because in the sports exchanges you play basketball rugby under 15s and, and I was an under 15 rugby yep. and so I pretty much had to choose from them bro oh. and I went rugby yeah um, basketball so it's always been one of my favourite sports yeah. it just teaches you so much in terms of timing vision so I encourage like now all the rugby players at Boys High told me to play basketball straight up yeah and like so much so it almost put me in the ass. One of Johnny, who's one of our good centers this year, he rolled his ankle on Friday night. Showed oh. up on Saturdays. How are you, Johnny? He goes, Not the best. I rolled my ankle at basketball last night. Oh, <laughs> and from then on, Ricky, yes, no one's playing basketball on a Friday night anymore. <laughs> and, and you touched on earlier, um, you played it all the way growing up and got sick of it. Cricket, bro, that played a big part at, at high school as well. Yeah, yeah, in the first 11, like I, I'd always the same thing. I wanted to play first 11 when I got there. And made that end of fifth form, and there were some awesome cricketers. Like, we had a real good team, guys like Tim Weston and that, who were yeah. guns, and they were just leaving. And so, I was playing seconds, and so guys like that were awesome just to look up to and demanded high standards. And that, so when I got there, I was stoked. Um, never really kicked on and made any big sort of you know scores for them, which disappointed me because <laughs> there was always one carrot. But, Back then, if you made a century for the school, the school gave you a hundred bucks. Oh, I don't know whether it came from old boys or whatever else, but you used to get a check for a hundred bucks. But the rule was you had to go and buy a keg for the end of the year, <laughs> end of year um, you know, piss up at the end of the year. So that money was pretty much lost anyway. But I always just wanted to try and get my name on that honors board. Ah, mean, bro. Any other sport? Uh, nah, they, they were the main ones. It's there. enough, eh? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that kept me real busy. Mean, bro. Um, so you come to the end of high school, obviously made it through uh, to the end of seventh form. Um, did you know what you wanted to do, bro, after that? I, I sort of, yeah, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to uni. And because at the time, Angel's a um, chemistry teacher. Yep. And so I was, I mean, and worrying about what subjects I'd taken because I didn't do very good at year 12 because we'd been on that world trip. We well, just to go back a little bit, how were you academically, bro? Did you, did you struggle or did you... Uh, Ace everything, or how, how do you think you went? I didn't struggle at school, but I didn't yeah. put any work into it. But I was just there to play sport, yeah. and hopefully pass at the same time. Yeah, with someone like my sister Ange, she was just here in the box the whole time. Yeah, the old days, and the old men were like, You ain't gonna go to university, you, you don't have the work ethic, and whatever else. <laughs> so, so, like, went on the sort of person if someone tells me I can't do something, yeah, yeah. I'll get the bit between the teeth, and I'll show yeah, you. I'll show you, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, six for my. I flunked out because we went on that real trip and then pretty much we came straight back from that straight into internal exams. Oh. 
And well, you're, you're on the high. I've done no study. <laughs> <laughs> and, Were uh, you expected to do any work on, on the trip, bro? No. Nah. 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 But luckily, I had some good teachers that year, Mr. Giddy and Lee, yep. and that. They knew what rugby commitments had been in that. Yeah. And um, I, don't, I don't know whether you had to pass six from back then, because it was all internally done to get into seven. Internal assessment, yeah. I was allowed to do whatever subjects I wanted to do in seven <laughs> from whether they looked after me or whether they did, did it for everyone. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, I got into seventh form anyway, and then Ange, Ange goes, well, why don't you do chemistry, and I'll treat you through chemistry, and I got one of the best teachers I had there. There's Mr. Locker, who wasn't into sport, was a real sort of, you know, new science stuff, but I just loved the way he taught, bro. Yeah, bro. Clicked. Wicked. Um, and passed chemistry with a little bit of Ange's help. Fuck and, um, me. I did stats, geo, PE, and can't even remember the last one. Yeah. But snuck into uni, luckily. <laughs> Work it. So, um, bro, you go on to uni. Um, four years, was it? Three. Three years? Yeah. Completed a sports and exercise degree, major in an exercise prescription. Yeah. Bro, how was uni, bro? Did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Were there others from Taranaki down there that year? There were a couple. Um, Did you know them before you went down there? Yeah, or? So one of them I knew quite well. And so oh, quite a few of them went to uh, the Institute of Sport. Yep. None of them were at uni with me. Like, I, when I went to uni, I don't know anyone. Yeah. But because um, I'd gone to Wellington, it was a bit of a smaller campus back then at Massey. So I had to do a few extramural papers as well. So I got a job, um, sort of 20 hours a week, which helped me, you know, right through uni. I had an awesome, it was awesome job down there. Um, but, yeah, knew a few fellas and then just made mates and then joined a rugby club, bro, and you make more mates. Awesome news. Who did you play for down there? Played for a club called Pornicky, which is over by the um, Aquatic Centre in the airport over there. Yeah. Um, real family-based values club and awesome club. Couldn't, couldn't speak highly enough of the place. So what drew you to that club? Did you... Initially, um, Tony Bedford um, yep. from Waitara, he, he sort of aligned himself there and he'd been down there for three or four years and just said, oh, awesome bunch, bunch of fellas. And mm. the coach there, who was the Colts coach, um who's now gone on to be a professional coach for the Hurricanes and a few others, Richard Watt. Yep, he yep. was sort of looking to try and build the Colts team down there. He said, go that club. He'll look after you. Awesome fellas. And so word got around and all us fellas sort of just went to the Pornicky and played Colts rugby there. And honestly, the most enjoyable season of rugby I played all my whole career. Fullback as well? Uh, yeah, between fullback and first five. Yep. Um, but it was just awesome. Like, we took our rugby seriously, but we had heaps of fun off the field. Lean, bro. Um, yeah, just awesome year. I, I always encourage kids when they leave in school, try and play a year of Colts or, yeah. um, you know, nowadays they don't really do it because they just go straight to, you know, Premier Football. But yeah. in terms of enjoying rugby, that was my most enjoyable season. Mean. So um, how were you at uni, bro? Like, academically, bro, did you really enjoy the study and things like that? Or we sort of a bit of a love-hate relationship with it? or I didn't enjoy it, but I just did it, and I went through university with an attitude of C's get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as I got a C and passed, then I was stoked. It's always a few B's thrown in there? Or just all C's? Yeah, I'd run, but funny to say that, like, I, I'd done some post-grad studies once I'd had kids and had a full-time job, and I got better marks in than when I was at uni. <laughs> with stuff that I even wasn't, you know, as passionate about. Yeah, fucking <laughs> <No>. crazy. <laughs> so were there any other sports down at uh, uni, bro, or just the rugby mainly? Nah, just mainly rugby. Yeah. Um, and then, like, in, in the summer, I'd just work my ass off and get some money and 
you know, into a bit of a social life. Yeah. Um, well, the social life, like, oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can't beat Wellington on a good day. Oh. Um, but yeah, made a lot of us, a whole crew of our club team that year went, went on and played Tanaki, uh, Wellington under 19s and um, had an awesome year there. It's, I can't even remember who the coaches were now, but played with some awesome players. Some there. weapons. Oh. Just read off, read off some names, bro. Oh, like one of the best fellas I've, I've played rugby with and he's gone on to become an all-black and he's still just the same person as Dane Coles. Straight up, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you a few stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell one story. We, we were in, I think we were playing North Harbour and so like what Wellington would do, they'd fly us up Friday, wherever you're playing, you'd fly Friday, you'd play Saturday and then you'd fly straight home Saturday night so you couldn't really get on the piss. Yeah. And Waddy, who was our club coach, was our Wellington coach and like if anyone that knows what he he's a big drinker well, he was a big drinker back in his day he's sober now and like his his attitude was just do what you like as long as you show up and play well the next day all goods me yeah and so if you want to go and have a beer boys go and have a beer just make sure you yeah show either does so me we'd all go out and have a beer like we did in Christchurch and a few of the other boys from other clubs were like is he serious so like, he's serious bro he means exactly what he says Went down there and like Canterbury Colts, if anyone's played rugby, they're the benchmark. Right? Yeah. We beat them. And um, he's like, see, <laughs> like a few of us went out. I'm like, well, we're sweet. <laughs> so we went we went to Auckland and we're playing North Harbour. And um, he's like, all right, this is the cafe and we all want to go to the casino and yeah, do other yeah. things. Had to get back to the shore and we didn't have enough money in our taxi. So we stopped at this <laughs> BP and he go, well, we'll just get out and walk from here, eh? And um, the, the guy was an Indian fellow at BP. I can't remember. We were just pissed and giving him some stick. And I remember, you know, those sliding tray things that they put your food yeah, in? Bro, yeah, One of those. And we'd asked him to go and get something. He'd gone to get it. And Colsey was giving some chip. And then the guy was <laughs> threatening, already threatening to ring the cops. And he reached his hand up through it, grabbed his phone, <laughs> waving his phone at him. And the Indian guy just lost it. <laughs> dropped all our food. When the cops was like, we give his phone back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Left his phone in the thing, and then we started walking back. And on the way, he's kicking little boxes over. Like, yeah, the cops are on their way. You're kicking little boxes over. Let's get our ass back to the hotel. <laughs> what a crook up. He's a special player, though, eh? Like, oh. he's talented, eh? Oh, you can see it back then. Like, pace, bro. Pace. Oh. Pace, skills. And, um, yeah, I think. You know, like his old man, if you ever listened to him talk, his old man was just mad on league and he's mad on league with the Warriors. Oh, straight up. Played league every opportunity he could get to. So, yeah. He's the reason why he plays like he does in rugby. So, he would have, what position would he have been in league? Hooker as well? Or? I think he must have, I think he played as a, like a second row. Second row, yeah. Out on the edge somewhere, I think. I can't Fuck, imagine him running on the edge for the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> like, mean, bro. Hey, man, that's awesome. Caught it or another half an hour down. Uh, when we come back, um, any other memories you have of your time in Wellington and obviously come back to Tadanaki, bro, and uh, linking up with the Clifton boys. So, cheer if I know. Kia ora whanau, and welcome back to the Samson Says podcast with my guest, my good bro, Mr. Brad Cooper. Bro, so down in uh, painful Pornicare, you have three seasons down there, yeah. Uh, one with the Colts and two in the seniors, bro. So, talk us through uh, your introduction in, into the seniors, bro. Yeah, so 
played Colts all year and just had a ball of a year. And then um, both both teams, so the Colts and the Premiers, had made the, the club finals, and they so were always on. Who were the Colts playing against? We played up a heart. Yep. And then the Prems were playing North. Yeah. Um, North to there from Porirua. Um, So Saturday was the Colts final, and I wanted to play like anything. And they said to me, no, 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 you can't because you've got to start for the Premier team tomorrow. <laughs> and so I just remember first Premier game, club final, playing with a bunch of fellas who hadn't played with all season. Your first game was the final. Yeah, and they wanted <laughs> to play first five and learn all these calls in one week. And then try and perform in a final. It's like, spoke to the old man about it. He's like, no, nah, you'll be right, guys. Get into it. It's straight up. Yeah. He's all for it. And um, so I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. And to be honest, they made, like, they, they tried to accommodate me as best yeah. they could. I think they're looking for a goal cooker. How old are you? Uh, 19. <laughs> um, yeah, eight, yeah, 19. So, yeah, went into that. We lost. Should I probably played about 50 minutes and they subbed me off. Yeah. And uh, we lost like, two points or something. Oh, didn't have a great day with the boot either. Were you <laughs> kicking? Yeah, <laughs> I think I've missed two and nailed one or two. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that was the introduction to Premier Club footy. And then after that, you know, I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Um, the following the next couple of seasons, uh, I ended up being top point scorer. Almost both years. I was close to it. I remember I was getting close. We were playing West in the last game, and their kicker was top, and I was just below him. And um, my good mate, Sean O'Connor, I played with. He played on the wing, and I was playing fullback most of that year. And I remember it was neck and neck, and I, I must have just passed him during that last game, and he broke away. I watched this funny thing. I watched the same thing with the Rabbitohs with Alex Johnson on the weekend. Oh, you the pass of the... Yeah, he, I gave him the last pass, and then I followed him. And he just sort of looked around in the end goal for me to give it back to him. Gave it to me, I scored. And as we were walking back, fuck my mate just started kidding. Yo, can't you need to retire? He's, <laughs> he's got more points in you. <laughs> I was just cracking up. I didn't say a thing. Um, but ended up getting 200 and something points during the year. Like, you played a lot of club footy back then. Um, and then, yeah, I played Wellington Colts those those two years as well with Premier Rugby. What was it like? Cool. Yeah. Again, like I talked about Colsey before, there's some awesome players that you uh, played with. Bro, so just read off a few names that were running around, obviously, in club rugby, and then obviously who you played with, bro. Yeah, I remember my, well, it must have been the second year. Um, they just guys, oh, like you play against all the Hurricanes boys, and like we'd never had many rep players in our team. Yeah. And our, our club almost prided itself on that. Yeah. Like we had some old forwards who looked after me as a, as a young back. Yeah. And they were awesome. Um, but then, like, our only replay was Tane Tu Paludu. Oh, yeah, play single five, yep. And then you'd play against guys like Ricky Flutie and Nemi Tialata and Pity, and it was awesome. Well, what was it like, bro? Are you a bit overawed, or do you just get stuck in, bro? I remember the first time just thinking, shit, can I, <laughs> can I you know, can I meet yeah. with these fellas? And we played uh, flutes in that, and a guy, Alex Talila, used to play. Yep. And he was, just, yeah, just yep. leagues like tree trunks. And um, we gave him a bit of a touch-up. Surprisingly, like, I thought, oh, shit, we're in for a long day here. And we touched him up. We, got, we had some good players, some real good club players that just backed themselves. We gave him a touch-up. And then after that, I was just like, oh, yeah, into it. Yep. But, yeah, I remember my uncle came down from Newfoundland to watch a game. We played Auries, and they're mainly poly boys are big. The front row would have been, should I reckon, about 500. <laughs> And I remember my uncle just goes to me, how do you even tackle them? <laughs> One day he played Big Bill. The yeah, bro. Yeah. And they, 
I was trying to just remember defending on my line. They done like a willy away with him around the back. Oh. I just went low and I could only get my arms around one leg, like just that big. And he just crashed over and I just looked at the forwards. I was like, put my hands up. I was like, what do you want me to do? And I just remember the captain goes to me, bro, sweet ass. No, no, no one would have stopped him. Don't worry about it. Fuck off, eh? <laughs> just a mountain of a man, eh? Yeah, man. Um, so go back to Wellington Colts, a couple of seasons there. Yeah. Uh, how'd you guys go? Uh, we were pretty good. We we were inconsistent, bro. Probably yep. like most Wellington teams. <laughs> like went down and beat Canterbury. That's and, a, and that's the thing, bro. You, I, I remember watching through the years. You see it's Wellington side on paper, and I was like, ah, good team. And they're just big useless. Yeah, went down and beat Canterbury, and then I remember we came home thinking, yeah, we're awesome. And then Otago come up and beat us, and like should have been the other way around. We should have smoked Otago and maybe lost to Canterbury. But um, yeah, inconsistent, bro. The mm. results were inconsistent, but. Some awesome years. So how long we how, how long we done there in total? Three years in total. Three years in total. And the idea was to always come back home or to stay down there. What? Yeah, oh, like I wanted to come home and, and have a crack with Tanaki, and then yep. um, kid's mother at the time she fell pregnant with Jordan. Yeah. Uh, so it's right at the end of uni. Like I just finished my degree. I was like, oh, I was thinking I'm in an area about doing a year's teaching. Yep. But that sort of made my mind up. Now nah, I got to go into the workforce. Yeah. Uh, I've got a young fella coming and. Yeah, so we ended up moving back up here, and she had, we were lucky enough, she had um, her uncle, Kerry, at Crab's house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so she had a few contacts there, and then he got us some money, and Me. away we went. So, yeah, um, you come back to Taranaki, uh, what year was that, bro? Must have been about 2007 or eight. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up to Clifton? Yeah. Um, what do you remember from the, the, those first few seasons out there, bro? Oh, <laughs> first few seasons were <laughs> tough, man. Yeah. The first season was especially like got out there and I like I didn't really expect a hell of a lot, but just got out there and like at the end of the first year, I was just I remember ringing the old man and he was still in Wellington. I was just like, I was thinking about going to another club, like just wasn't what was it, professional. Mate? Wasn't as professional as what I thought it would be, especially coming from a good club in Wellington. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, just, was it disappointing, bro? Because yeah. I suppose I suppose you would have had um aspirations and in high hopes of coming home obviously playing for you know the club that your man had represented obviously from you know a good wife to the club um and obviously you come back and you have that that, that disappointment bro mm. so um what, what was it like bro that, like a good mate of mine had come up from, from wellington with me that i played colts and he was playing for two copper who was that uh peter Shiwale didn't go into any great things, but he was an awesome, awesome footballer in his own right. Yep. So he had a couple of seasons, I think he had one or no, nah, just one season with two copper. Yeah. And um he was very come to two copper. <laughs> wasted out there, rah, rah, rah. but I was, it was just the just the, the coaching and you know, the standard of coaching I'd I'd head down in Wellington and then come yeah. home sort of, you know, having to be a real leader at twenty two and yeah. You know, like we started the season okay and the season just went downhill from there and Got to a head at one one training. I just remember being about, you know, like our season was done. We couldn't do anything. We six, seven at training, sort of thing. Where it's like, you know, I'm come home for this. <laughs> um, but hung in there, and then you know, um, the club sort of realised that hey, we need to do something here, yeah. coaching wise, and that. And they got um, Chris Muller, who'd done some good stuff at um, Hastings, and then onto Francis Douglas. And he'd come out and, um, you know, just got stuck into it. Had those Francis Douglas links, got some kids out there that he knew, and he'd done a few rep teams and that. So things just slowly started changing from there. Nice. Mm. So um, 
initially, you know, tough times. You go straight into it, young 22. You were asked to be a leader, was that right? Yeah. Yeah. Or captain? Uh, not in the first year. Jamie Taylor was still there and he'd been there for a while. J2. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much when Chris come, come on board, it was, it was me, yeah. So how did, um, it's obviously didn't have the best of years that year, um, make any rep teams or anything like that, bro, from, from, that, from that year? First year I missed and probably through, you know, just our our season out there, and I, I was pretty gutted by it, but I thought, like, I've come here to, you know, to yep. play rugby, and I'll just head down us up, and if we have a better season with Clifton, so the following year I made, and I was picked in the Bs, and had, you know, some real awesome seasons there. Mm. Yeah. The killer Bs. Mm. So was it, did you any, did you harbour any serious thoughts of going to another club, bro, or what, what was the catalyst in terms of for you to stay at Clifton, bro? Oh, it was like Clint was still playing there when I first got there. Yeah, and so he was still out there, and then you know a few of the crew that I'd grown up with, Sean Cooper and some real good mates, were still yeah. there. I was like, I just got to dig in with the boys. Yeah, bro. Hopefully, it'll you know title turn. Yeah, and yeah, best thing I did staying out there. Like I could have gone to another club and possibly you know won championships and that, but um, that feeling running out on a club final whatever year we made it, 2013 or whatever, um, against Southern, was, couldn't be more proud of leading those boys out there. But I want to touch on that, but before we go there, um, you played your, your 50th for Clifton against Ingwood back in 2010, bro. Um, I believe your old man was at that game. Um, what do you remember from that day? Did you follow us win? And um, how many games have you played for Clifton in total, bro? Yeah. Um, I can't even remember if I won. <laughs> Honestly, can't. Um I do remember he come up for it, um, catching the Kings then. Yeah. Um, don't remember a hell of a lot um, from that game. Played 120-something. Shit, Jumbo used to check a, keep a bloody log. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember the 100th really, really well. It was shit day. <laughs> <laughs> Played against Stratford at home, and uh, I was even 50-50 whether I was going to play. Yeah. I, my feet. My feet are still give me grief to today. Um, I was struggling, and then I was like, "Now nah, we're having a good season." So I was like, "Now nah, I'm playing. I'm not giving any other sucker a chance." <laughs> we 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 would you play most of your career, Clifton, at first five or fullback? Mainly first five. Yep. Yep. Um, pretty much, my yeah, all of it. The, I went from fullback to first five. <laughs> Funny story. I was telling um, the boys on the bus this year, actually, Chris Luke, and. Um, I said, we're talking about Graham Murray, and he yeah. was one of my coaches in the Wellington Colts. Oh, straight up. Yeah, he was awesome. Goss. And uh, we played Otago, and Ben Smith was playing for Otago. I was playing fullback, and he just skinned me, like, just done me on the Was he quick, bro? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just done me for pace, <laughs> and they scored. And um, I remember we were having a beer, like, as you do in Dunedin, yeah. you don't have a beer at one of the bloody Scarfy pubs. And he said to me, I reckon you should think about playing first five. Is that what he said, yeah. bro? After he skinned you? <laughs> After Ben Smith had skinned me and made me look like an idiot. Graham Murray had a beer of beer with me over a beer. And I just said, I reckon you should think about playing first five. Oh, like, looking back and I was like, you know, he like he was he had my best interest at yeah. heart, thinking you're not going to be quick enough to be a fullback yeah. if you want to play at a high level. And I was like, I appreciated that from Goss because 
you know, he's a wise man. He, yeah, he was, you know, before his time in terms of a player. So, but I was going to ask later on, but of the of ten and fifteen, which do you prefer, bro? And, and what are the pros and cons to both positions? Ten, you, you haven't got as much time. But yeah. fifteen, you just you got you can see everything, and you can use your voice, and um, you just got heaps of time. Yeah, ten. I'd like I, I tell young tens, and that's what I feel for someone like Jason Potros on the weekend. Like, mm. if you think about it, it's like you got a whole lot of cards going in front of your face. Club rugby, it's really, really slow. You can see these pictures. Yeah, yeah, change. yeah. And then as you go up levels, they just get faster and faster yeah. and faster. Fuck, that's an awesome way to put it, bro. Yeah. And so, yeah, a player coming down from that top level, you know, yeah. he's used to seeing those fast pitches, so he's got a bit more time. So uh, if, I was, if I was the coach, I, probably, I didn't realise Peter Fito was available and fit, but I probably would have played him at 10 and probably at fullback. Yeah. Because um, he's quite he's quite lethal with the ball, isn't he? At, at fifteen, yeah, yeah, old potty, yeah, he is. He's always good footballer. He's an awesome club footballer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at fifteen, is there a lot of talking to the ten, or is it talking to the backline in general, bro? Uh, I love watching Jordy Barrett and um, watched him out there against Bay Plenty. Just the voice, yeah, just commands everything. The two of them, that's what we miss. Just that control, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of voice, but you know, now that your wingers are almost like fullbacks too. Most most wingers, um, I still like an out and out winger that can finish. Oh, you've got to have one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah. Who'd be the um, who'd be the top four wingers at the moment? That like you say, bro, out and out, out wingers. You mentioned the guy, was it Talia from yeah. the Paper the Blues? Yeah, and he's on the wing at the moment for Tasman. Tasman, mm-hmm. yeah. Who else, bro? That's just fucking out and out. I'll tell you, a kid I've, I've watched and he skinned us twice when I was catching Tanaki Bees up in Auckland. There's Ben Lamb's little brother for Auckland, AJ Lamb. Scored about three tries on the weekend for Auckland, but just moves like Ben Lamb and bit of step and just power through contact. Reckon, if I was a super team mate, I'd go and yep, sign him. Pick him up. Yeah. I think the kid's got something. He looks like a humble kid and a bit like Ben Lamb was. Ben Lamb, though, you think he was unlucky when he was at his, at his, at his prime? Yeah, yeah, he's done it for a couple of seasons. Yeah, because the old man tells a good story. He's he's a relative of Chris Masso. Oh, yep. And um, I think it's his mum's Chris's sister. Okay. He said, Coops, come and meet Ben. He shook his hand and he goes, gets his running side from the Masso's, his tackling side from the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Crack up. <laughs> um, yeah, he's someone I, I think is an up and comer. I'll yep. go and sign, but yeah, there's some great wingers, Rico and. Yeah. Nah, I mean, bro. I can, there's a, watching some of the ITM Cup, man, there's some talent running around at the moment, eh? Oh, that's the best thing about it. You see those, that next level, eh? Might have 10 Cup, sorry. Might have 10 Cup, yeah. yeah. Bro, so um, you played 50th, Inglewood back in 2010. Um, awesome, your old man was there to witness it. Uh, you touched on 2013, bro, versus Southern. Uh, July 20th, 2013, you're coached by Snooky. Yeah. Um, First finals appearance since the heroics of the class of 99. Southern's first final since they formed in 95, bro. 3,000 in attendance. Um, bus loads coming from the south. I imagine heaps came through from home. Um, Southern took the honours on that day, winning 15-14. Both captains were actually flatmates. Yeah. Uh, both Blackie and uh, and Caleb Kaupukuro. And uh, you, you played first side, bro. Talk us through some of the highlights of that particular season. And obviously the despair of leading such, such a hard-fought final, bro. Um, yeah, so it's been an awesome season, and um, 
like you you just like, I, I don't remember how of a lot through the season like i knew we were we'd done pretty well and i think we beat we definitely beat southern at home that year and uh two couple with the team to beat that year they, they were stacked and we we ended up having to play them i can't remember we i think we finished i think we finished two and three yeah, we finished, must have finished turn three. Old boys might have finished first, and Southern were fourth. And uh, two copper moved it from Sanders Park down to here, Euros. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure why, but we were like, oh, that's what it is. Showed yeah. up. And we just we went in with a perfect game plan. Snooky and Shady were our coaches. Perfect game plan, a little bit out of the ordinary, and just played the game of our lives and upset two copper. Um, and just remember that our confidence was so high going into that final. Yeah. And then we lost a couple to injury. Um, Namir? Namir <laughs> trained a week, and then Friday he was picking up a fridge, cut his hand open, picking the fridge up. Oh. Thursday or Friday, I think Thursday night after training, so we did our last training. Thursday night after training, <laughs> lifting a fridge, cut his hand open, and badly. That was it. And uh, we... I don't think most of the boys knew about it until we met on Saturday, and um, he was still. So that the coaches made a conscious decision not to tell I'm the boys. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So he was still 50. Well, he wanted to play, yeah. but just couldn't because okay. it was that bad. And then yeah, we'd lost a couple others um, from that semi-final week too. Um, but you'd like talking to guys like Shane Cleaver and that after it's like, oh, if Namia had played, like oh, you fellas probably would have beaten us. Like as soon as he, he, was heard, he wasn't playing, eh? oh, he was phenomenal that year. As soon as they heard he wasn't playing, they Hooked just, up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there, is there much you remember from the game, bro? Um, yeah, I was. It was always a tight game. Um, they had a really good forward pack, and I remember they scored early. We come back into the game and scored a few points, and then just remember, it must have been the start of second half. Someone put an ugly little chip kick through. I remember Quicks running back to get it. Just ugly bounce. They scored under the sticks. I think it was and a Dana Brooks chip was... through and um, one of the Rollins boys. Yeah, Greg Rollins. Yeah. yeah. And then we were just hammering away at the end. And, uh, yeah, well, we had our opportunities. I still remember right till the last minute. We broke a couple of times and just last pass or cut down or whatever. But I just remember what I learned from that year is, like, you just build towards... You just look at the final one that aim for that. Yeah. You just don't you don't enjoy the season for what it is. Yeah. So I always jump jump into the kids I coach now is just enjoy the whole season, enjoy every game, and celebrate your wins. Yes, bro. You otherwise you get to the end of the season and you just you you know just deflated because you're like, well, you know, worked all this time to get here and cool. Did um <laughs> Bulls High first take it hard losing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. And I think like we we given them a game plan, like spend a lot of hours putting video and that on together, and like the instructions they didn't follow. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> I wanted to go and give them a boost at halftime. And <laughs> came the manager goes, just just remember the cameras are going to be in the huddle. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, it was, and that was the first time all year, bro. Like they hadn't followed a game plan, and you know we'd been pretty good. Um, we were getting held up too much, and we knew that was their poise and their tactics and our, I said look I want to go to the midfield and then you can't we can go all the way off that but they can't look to hold us up because you almost you're trying to flag them into the sideline yeah just with their D and so um yeah is what it is I watched the game bro and, and the thing that sort of stuck out to me was how many times we got held off, off the ground bro yeah 
Um, so, yeah, I suppose it was a bit frustrating to see that sort of happen repeatedly throughout the course of the game. I, I think, from what I gathered, that Rotorua realised that if they could get into that that tackle situation, keep the ball off the ground, they were they, they were a chance. Yeah, and they've done that with everyone all year. Oh, that was that's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got quite a few leagueies, I think. There. Oh, and yeah. So, you know, the leagueies, that's what they do. You know, they wrestle yeah. on top, and so if it suits your profile of your team, then why wouldn't you? Interesting, bro. Um, got a lot of respect for the the coach for Rotorua. Yep. Uh, Ricky Tapuna, he's someone that will think outside the square and oh, try yeah. stuff too. So, um, yeah, I like that as a rugby coach. Nice. Let's not just be all the same and coach yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy, bro. Mm. Right, so going back to the, that final, obviously, uh, and, and obviously, you, you, you know, your career, 120-odd games at Clifton. Um, obviously, you know, there's, you lost the final, but I dare say that would have been a highlight. Um, playing two cup in that semi before, they were the heavy favourites for that year, uh, beating them on arrows. Um Playing, you know, obviously your 50th dad was there. Any other highlights that you can remember from your time at Clifton, bro? Um, on or off the field? Yeah. Um, oh, I, I really enjoyed, like, I only played a couple of them. They'd always take their one game into Waitara. Oh, yes, Reserve, bro. Yeah. So, so those occasions were awesome. Yeah. Um, and they usually try to do that at the start of the season. It's just something different and mm. something to get, you know, excited about. Um, yeah, some other memories. Court sessions were always fun. Like the Clifton boys, just they love having a beer and enjoying each other's company. Yeah. So they're always fun. I still remember the first one, Scotty Scotty Brown, who I got a lot of time for out there. He just all us first years were told, sit over there, you got a dozen beers, you got to do one every five minutes. It was tough work, and then bam, bam, sitting there with a paintball gun, just shooting us. With paintball. <laughs> 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 Fucking saddest. <laughs> Uh, but there are plenty of good ones. Um, yeah, best times of rugby, eh? Just enjoying a beer with your mates afterwards. Mean, um, bro. Yeah. Did, you, did you play for any of the lower teams, bro? The Bs and thirds? You... Nah, nah. Nah. So um, after I'd finished out there, pretty much there was – Snooky was ready to stand down, and so yep. he'd asked me to get into coaching. So I pretty much went straight from playing coaching. And then, so how did that happen, bro? Like, conscious decision to say that this was going to be your last year? Yeah, so when I was playing, he's – I was sort of player coach with him yep. as an assistant. Um, and like we'd sit down. We'd like, I, was, I was acting as a coach pretty much while I was still playing anyway those last couple of seasons. So um, was the, the body picking up or what, what was nah, the go? No, nah, I was sort of, it's something I decided I wanted to do. Like I'd, I'd been asked, I'd finished playing Rep 40. I don't want to play any more Rep 40. I played five or six seasons with the Bees. Yeah. And um, how, how had that time gone, bro, in the Bees? Yeah. Well, enjoyable times, loved it yeah loved it because it was just a really it was a glorified club team that would come together and you'd go go away and same thing you'd get to meet some fellows from other clubs and that like two copper got a bad reputation but i reckon most of my mates that i met through that were from two copper good buggers yeah some we play and yep. like they're just awesome guys did all right um yeah one year we were one year you got smoked today yeah yeah and i can't remember the years but um we were we had an awesome team um, yeah, so came to the end of that, and then John Phillips was here helping coach Tadak at the time, and he was pushing me to get into coaching. So I went straight into coaching under 16s with uh, Lawrence Gouliet and Ben Fleet. Nice. Um, first year had Geordie Barrett and Duplessis Griffey. They were guns. Weapons. If we didn't have those two, I reckon <laughs> we would have lost. No disrespect to any other kids, but 
I reckon we would have got an absolute hiding. But yeah. I still remember I rang up the old man. He was coach at town. I said, sign him now. Jordy Barrett, I said, he's going to be just as good as his brother, if not better, I reckon. And you could just see it at that young age. He was, mate, just axing fellas in defence. This was under 16. Yeah. Axing fellas in defence. Had a big punch. Passing all the tools. Awesome. Yeah. I played in the second five, I think. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, just could have a good control of the game. And yeah. D plus C just. Yeah, you could see he had the real training ethic and work ethic. Um, love, love the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were just our two standout players. Bro, so what was it like adjusting? You obviously playing for Clifton, and yeah, all of a sudden coaching, bro. What, what was that adjustment like, bro? And and how did you, how did you sort of define that sort of uh, that that player coach role? Obviously, you know you, that you did that before you fully went into coaching. Yeah, you know the boys so well, and you, your mates in that. So how do you sort of separate that? Yeah, that was the toughest part. Yeah, you know, doing that straight away. Yeah, and in hindsight, should have stepped away for a bit. Yeah, I said stepped away for a bit, and then thought about going back into it when you're ready. But um, I just said to the boys, look, ultimately, whatever decision I make is about the team first. Yeah, and that was just what I try to do. And in the end of the day, you you lost a few friendships from it, or you know they came back eventually. And mm. if you did, then that was supposed to be, you know. Maybe it wasn't as great a friendship as you thought. Yeah, but, yeah. it's quite sad that way. But um, yeah, like we're all still pretty close now, which is which is cool. But at the time, you know, you you're passionate about playing footy. You want to be on the park, and you know, you can understand. Yeah, why, yeah. But, um, got a got a um, Cl- Clifton legend and Mookie alongside me, and mm-hmm. he just got some great values and a great person. Um, if you're talking Clifton. Shit. He got married at the club rooms, bro. So he's all about Clifton. <laughs> Hard. Um, and we knew, like back then, we had to make a conscious effort to sign these or get these young fellas, like the Bride Brothers. Yeah. Um, and like initially, I was told three years. You got three years. So I was like, get these fellas by the end of the third year, they'll be humming and ready to play because kids never crack it straight out of high school. Yeah. Club rugby, you always take a season or two. You know, yep. before you acclimatize. So we had started the season real well. Beat two couple at home. Two couple are looking like the, the team the, to beat. Yeah. And then for various reasons, we lost different players and struggled throughout the year. I think we finished second last. And yeah, they decided they wanted to go in different. Like they, the writing was on the wall a little bit. They wanted to go in a different direction and whatever else. So um, yeah, so that was one year done, one and done. Um, Fuck. Yeah, so took that hard. and um, But luckily, like I'd. Natai Walker had asked me to help coach the bees or just come on and be a skills coach and just help there. And just we had an awesome season where we went through and beat them and won the whole thing. Work it. Um and just had an awesome season there. So that helped me sort of get over the disappointment of yeah, yeah. And then I was just I'm in an hour and what do I want to do this club season? And then I was living just down here on yeah, yeah. Butter Toe Street and I met the pest Hugh Gordo. <laughs> and uh, he goes to me a few of the Clifton boys are talking about just going back and playing bees and Sort of no one really committed or anything. Yeah. So I was like, oh. I wanted to do something during the club window, but I didn't want to coach because I still had uh, hand in with the bees. It's like, Fuck. she was come to spotty training, spotty bees. I was like, oh, if I play bees, I'm never going to go and play A's against Clifton. I'm not yeah. I just won't do that, but I could probably play bees or thirds or something. I'll go to training, have a look. And just the awesome bunch of fellas, bro. Yeah. From like the manager was Terry Long, we all know what he yeah, is, and then just awesome fellas, Paul Hooper and Ali. Yep, um, just some awesome fellas. So it's like, oh, keep going. I remember when 
Um, we're going to have a preseason game against Inglewood. I was like, oh, just go for a run and see, <laughs> see what happens. Got down there and that year, Inglewood didn't have a bees. It's like, oh, who are we playing then? Oh, we're playing good prems. I said, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just a trial, like in the warm up game, because <laughs> they didn't have a bees. And um, we ended up like drawing. We played 40 minutes each day, and the bees, yeah. we like five all or seven all. And it's like, oh, this can, team could go right. We went right. And then Spotty A's were like, I must have played okay there. Bro, do you want to play A's? And I was like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing bees. Because <laughs> it was Z first one. I couldn't honestly tell you. Yeah. Bro, I'm not sure. Fuck, that's awesome, bro. Hey, um, we're going to leave it there because we're going to go run over. I don't know if I can cut you off while we're talking about anything, but fuck, I'm loving this. When we come back, we'll sort of talk a little bit more about your time at Spotty. Um, and also, I'm going to chuck you some few uh, names from your time at Clifton and you just give me a few words about each of them. So, main quarter, bro, loving it. <laughs> Chief, I know back with the bro Brad Cooper. So, um, bro, you end up at Spotty, um, playing for the Bees. How was the year, bro? It was a good year, like I said before. Like we played the Inglewood Prims, and we're trying to get you on the bench for the A's. Yeah, <laughs> we'd gone around, so I thought, oh, this could be worth crack and give it a go and just see how it all goes. And unfortunately, like I was, I was starting to struggle with my feet, and my ankles, and that by then. So What's that from basketball? everything bro hereditary I, I never um yeah it is <laughs> um like throughout my whole sporting career touch short i hardly did just never had any injuries yeah and after talking to anita while she about it she just said look your your limbs and your joints are only made to last so much you yeah thrash them playing all these sports yep. for so long eventually they're going to break down mm. and, um touch what i got on top of it now and i'm pretty good but um by then at the end of the rugby it was starting to play up it was just hard work yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i sort of just gusted it through the season because i was having so much fun how'd you guys um, go we made the final lost the coastal in the final same thing like it was an awesome season throughout the year and i'd probably like because my young fellow was he was right into his rugby too so there were the odd games where i'd, I'd get there just right on kickoff and yeah it was cool it was flexible some awesome fellas sheldon gooden and that yeah like, bro some fellas like we'd all come from different clubs, but we're at Spotty, just a bunch of sort of ragtag fellas that had come just together. having fun, having fun, bro. One in the club, yeah. Reminded me of that first uh, cult season, yes, yeah. bro. Um, yeah, so just had a ball and met some good fellas, you know, met a circle of friends that I hadn't met because Clifton was all I knew, yeah, to like 10 years out there, whatever it was. Met some awesome fellas and still mates with them all today. Did you play Clifton? Played Clifton once. I think the first, we played them in the first game of the season and I was away. I think I was away somewhere. And then we played them in here and um, it was a shitty day. And I was like, these fellas are going to come try and take my head off. <laughs> 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 and I remember like, I hadn't scored a try that season. Because how had they been travelling? Do you know what this season had been? Yeah, they have been game not that good. Yeah. And um, I remember just thinking, be good to get a try. <laughs> Ali made a break and I just sort of rang it up off his shoulder and sort of fended someone off and scored in the corner. And all the all the Clifton boys like, oh you didn't let him score. <laughs> <laughs> and all the spotty boys being wrapped as for me, I was like, oh, doesn't feel that good <laughs> to be yeah, yeah, yeah. But um 
I was just, to be honest, I was just ripped to get off the Andy run. Didn't have to do the Andy run at the end of the year. <laughs> it was against Clifton. Yeah. But I don't know if you're hearing that. It's a bit of rain here. It's absolutely teeming down outside. But it's all good. Um, so you played that one season for Spotty Bees. What did you do after that, bro? Um, just straight into coaching stuff. So yep. Um, just carried on. So then, yeah, just like I was still doing the young fellas uh, rugby. So just focused on him, and then I was doing Tabnaki Bees with um, Natoy. Yeah, and Ray McDonald. Yeah. Um, so I think Natoy just finished. Um, he'd done two years and he'd moved on. I think he'd gone back to do Inglewood. Um, plus he got like a principal's role in mm, Kentucky. The so. Um, yeah, Ray took over, and it was me and Ricky Tito helped him out um, two seasons, and just yeah, awesome. Just loved loved doing the B stuff because it was a short, sharp campaign. Like it was only sort of seven or eight weeks. Yeah. So you didn't have to do, you know, it's not a whole season grind. Yeah. So you could just enjoy the club season. I'd catch Jordan's team in the club season, and then and any ideas I had, I'd just sort of muck around with them. Yeah. Try <laughs> some um, stuff out with these fellows. Yeah. And it was good because then I, oh, you know, it works or it doesn't work, and I sort of tips and ideas to the, to the bees but yeah just a short start season you get all the club fellas and just watch cool watching all the club players who battle all, all year come together come together um some long road trips up north though, like you just oh. got sick of driving that road by the end of the season yeah. um yes yeah, so i ended up doing four years in total and just loved it and then at the end of my last year there ricky decided which was well 2019 um, that he wanted to do boys high because he's got a young fella coming through in that and um, asked me would you be interested in doing boys high and so I said thought about it I was like giving something back to Clifton given time back coaching Tadanaki I was like the last thing to do is give back some time to boys high so mean bro jump in there and how's it be awesome bro yeah I've loved it yeah loved it and I say to anything it's like like once you get in there and do your first couple of times like you're hooked because you just the comradeship of rugby players you just you know you just want to I don't know. It's hard to explain. Hard to explain. Primo, bro. And obviously being a, an ex, ex-people as well, bro. Yeah. You know, is that pride there in the school? Um, any aspirations moving forward to um, get back into a, a club rugby coaching role, bro? Yeah, I haven't sort of thought too much about it. Yeah. Like nowadays, this high school stuff's almost semi-professional. Like, um, you see a lot of guys go straight from it, Ruben forms and that, but they, they're grounded with a bit of club stuff as well, so... As the old man always said to me, if you want to get into coaching, do as much as you can as a, as an amateur. That's where you make all your mistakes and learn from it. Yep. And it'll hold you in good stead as you go through. So um, Wayne Bennett, Bennett always said to him, he went and in, in a year, just about a week or two with him. Yep. When he was with the Hurricanes, I think it's first season Hurricanes. And he just said to the old man, don't be in a hurry, you get to the top because there's only one way down. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Fuck. It's going over there. He's sort of proven the test of time. Eh? Yeah. Is there a lot of a lot of that, bro? Um, cross codes, coaches sharing different ideas, bro. Or is it is it more prevalent these days, or or has it always been a thing? We just we just haven't really known about it. I, th- I think it's becoming more prevalent now. Yeah. But I think it, it has been like the old man's doing a bit of work for Murray Max there. Yep. And um, he's buzzing out. He, like with COVID and that, he's had to sort of. No longer are they coaching courses, he just does it all online on Zoom. Mean. And he said it's actually I opened a big market because now you've got Eddie Jones and Wayne Smith working for him. Oh and Anthony Seabold popped up the other day. <laughs> so um, yeah, they were me right especially Anthony Seabold was on our bloody Zoom the other day. Holy shit. Um so yeah, I'm I'm guessing it's it's becoming more and more 
That's mean, bro. Well, I suppose it's all about just sharing different ideas, eh? Totally. About how, and I suppose how you manage men as well, eh? And and obviously women. Um, but yeah, I suppose you can take a little bit from each sport and, and how it's, an individual does things on their own, eh? Yeah. And by the end of the um, the old man's coaching career at the Chiefs, like nowadays the head coach is just a manager, a man manager, really. Like, yeah. He does bugger all on the field. The other coaches do all the stuff on the field, and he's just there to manage people and. And I think that was the thing that sort of put him off going back to the Chiefs for his last season. He he just had enough. Like he, he didn't want to be a manager of people. He enjoyed being out on the field. And yes, bro. Uh, is your old man's coaching career done, bro? You reckon? I know he still wants to coach because that's all he knows. Yeah. On what capacity that is, I I don't know. Mm. Um. It's yeah. <laughs> Bit of unfinished business, surely, eh? I don't know. Like, I know he's conscious. He doesn't want to keep coming back to Taranaki and taking young coaches' opportunities. Yeah. He's quite conscious of that. He's more than happy to help them out, but he doesn't want to. But rugby's all he knows. Like he, I think he had something lined up in Japan before COVID struck, mm. and uh, that put a couple of things and sort of changed his, changed his mind a little bit. Put his hands off Taranaki. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, eh? Oh, see if there's a niche there to scratch. Mm. Um, touching on your man, bro. Obviously, awesome playing career. What was it like having a, having a weapon for a dad growing up, bro? Yeah. Uh, obviously, with his his you know what he'd done on the field, and then obviously moving into the coaching role and all the accolades and whatnot, bro. What, what was it like as a young fella, bro? Knowing how how awesome your old man was, bro. I never got to see him play. Like I never saw him play once. So. I wouldn't even have a clue, but you'd hear stories. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, hard. it's just still hard, you know, without actually seeing it, you don't sort of... Seen any footage? No. Nah, no? Nah. No, nah, never. No. Nah. Um, you know, I always knew he was a, a decent coach. Mm. But um, being a, a coach's son, like, I always had my own opinions and I'd always be telling him, what are you doing? I'm picking this fellow. What are you doing doing that? Um, but, yeah, just, just the way he holds himself and, you know, just as demeanor and as the manner he holds mm. um you know it's you can't be anything but proud of him mm-hmm, bro. where he's come from and what he's achieved yeah and that sort of leads me into you know like when when you're riding high on the wave everything's all good but when that wave crashes sometimes you know everyone's there ready to you know dig in the knives and whatever bro and it's it's tough when we hear people speak negatively about our family members bro um for you personally, bro, what's it been like through the years to hear, um, you know, some of the negativity that, that your old man's had to deal with, bro? Yeah, it's always tough. And I'd like it's, it's especially my mum's, my mum's parents were the ones that I'm glad, like, they didn't have any social media because yeah. <laughs> it would have just burnt them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been like, go call around and go and see mum and you can see how much it hurts you. Yeah, bro. But the old man being in the game knows what it's like, mm. can just put up with it, but when you see it sort of hurting mum, that's when it sort of hits home to me. Um, yeah, it's tough. Critics will always have their say, like, the old man's he just surrounds himself with people that are pretty loyal and, um, you know, he's got his good crew of mates and, you know, that sort of gets him through, but he's just, he just has a big belief in the people around him and, you know, puts the support in them and, yeah. Ever had a go at any trolls online, bro? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, bro, what I'd usually do is I'd wait 
you go through and you see some stuff mentioned. You just uh, sit on it. Mentally noted down. Yeah, bro. And then once once the tide turns, you ask them, you know, like pop up and go, what about what you said yeah, bro. six weeks ago? <laughs> and wait for a reply and usually not get one. Yeah, you never get one, eh? <laughs> uh, what a crack up, bro. Yeah. Um, Bro, your old man seems like a pretty low-key dude, bro. What's the most emotional you've ever seen him with regards to any of his rugby success, bro? Um, if at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't sort of see him show too much. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of one that stands out. I know, like, getting that... Oh, like his first year, a lot of people don't even know, but he catched the Crusaders in 2002 and they went through unbeaten. Yeah. And, um, like, he, he didn't show a hell of a lot of emotion, but you could see how proud he was of that. And then um, after that, he catched the New Zealand Colts and they won, the, like, the world title. He had Richie McCaw as his captain. They had an awesome team. Ah. Um, so we saw, saw heaps of his success there, but I think, like, just because Tarnaki and his history with Tarnaki yeah. winning the Shield, I oh, know the shield holds, massive holds a dear sort of yep. place in his heart, and so both both shield games and obviously Mighty Ten was was huge. Yeah, he's just yeah, just takes it all in the stride. Eh? Pretty much, I mean, <laughs> he, he's a good cards player. Where we grew up playing cards, poker, mean face. poker face. Oh, <laughs> we used to like we get all our save all our money out and we play for like 10, 15 pieces in it and cold man just take all our money off us. <laughs> Ruthless. Yeah. Bro, what's the um what's the sort of best piece of um advice he's passed passed on to you with regards to coaching, bro? Um Yeah, it's a hard one. There's always advice going on, but like I think he he knows um he knows I come up with some good ideas and like mean um yeah just 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 back yourself but be true to those those people and, you know yeah find people that you trust surround yourself with good people and the rest will happen yeah mm-hmm. mean bro hey um just a few random things now bro yeah. um who who have been the greatest influences on your rugby career um yeah the old man yeah um mum obviously like she's when the old man wasn't around, she'd have to run around after us. Yeah. So you never forget that. Um, other coaches, what he was, he taught me to enjoy the game. So Richard Watt, who was my club coach at Pornicky and coached me through Wellington. Um, Snooky learned a lot of him. Yeah. Um, man manager. Um, who else? They're probably the main ones. Main bro. Yeah. Um, for the All Blacks, bro, who would you consider our best time, our best 10 in the time you've been alive and also our best 15? Dan Carter. Yeah. Um, Without a doubt, eh? Yeah, you always hear Bodie, Dan. I just think he was a complete package. Yeah. Um, Defence, probably had it over Bodie and kicking game, goal kicking, better than Bodie. Lethal fend. Yeah. Yeah, that was underrated. Oh, um, like Corey Jane almost. Yeah. But, I mean, but you... Bodie's a phenomenal player, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just think Dan is a little bit more around. Yeah. Um, 15, I used to love watching Mills. Yeah. I used to love watching Mills. and um, Yeah, he's the one that stands out for me. Mean, bro. Um, hardest opponent you've ever come up against? So you're, that you've marked. 
in, in a, you know, yeah. in a, an opposing ten, we'll say. <laughs> There's not many opposing ones, yeah. <laughs> probably including me. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, probably, I remember playing Stephen Brett. Oh yeah. Um, Wales Wellington 19s, yes, Canterbury 19s. I just remember thinking, this fella's classy. Classy, yeah. Smooth-looking dude, too. Had a bit of arrogance about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, if I was saying fullbacks, probably Ben Smith, when you're under <laughs> <laughs> Um Player or players with the best banter, bro, just give a lip all day. Uh, Rick McKenna. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you want me to a more enjoyable fellow to be around. Yeah, bro, life is a party, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, very quick witted. Um, yeah, just just a good bugger. Yeah. So would he would he be the best team man in life of the party? Yeah, you'd have to go close. Um yeah, him or like best team man, Paul Muddy, Summer Pro. Yeah. He's um yeah, just top notch fella. Mean bro. Um Dirtiest player you've ever played with or against? Dirtiest. Oh, there's some good ones when I was just coming through uh, in Wellington. Real good mate of mine. I'm still good mates with him today. Uh, Follow Rob, Tudu Whenua. He's from Tuhoi. Yeah. <laughs> Had Tuhoi tattooed on his chest. You, boy. Um, just the competitor. Like, just, just would do anything he needed to to win. Mean. What position was he? He was a lock. Yeah. But he was like a too heavy like it was at the end of his career so he was like a lifting lock but it was just like accidental elbows on the ground <laughs> just just yeah, just the top man too um anyone sort of locally uh by the by that time there was no filth in the game like yeah got yeah it was just when i started at club rugby it was just starting to sort of filter out of it yeah um yeah Nah, I don't remember. I, I remember a funny story though. I remember old Rick McKenna. <laughs> Bam Bam just hit him late and he's over the top of him. And Rick just lying on his back, just bang, punched him. And I was look, looked at Bam Bam and I was like, shit, that's the wrong fella you want to do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> and Bam Bam done nothing and I was just shocked. I said to him after the game, I hit him. I said, little fella like that, lying on his back. He goes, Mate, I would have looked like a bully. Yeah. Just a little fellow off the ground and just lay into him. Because oh, I, I just do fair play and carry <laughs> What a cricket. Bro, um, most talented dude you've ever played with who just blew you away. Someone who you looked at when they were playing, laughed and just shook your head because of how talented they were. Oh. It'd probably have to be Victor Vito. Oh, straight up. Them down and um, Wellington, and you can just see he's just a mammoth of a man running around with the ball. In the <laughs> Another kid, um, he was Jerry Collins's nephew, and he went on to play for Toulon and that, and just talented, but just didn't know how good he was, and would just show up, and he was just full of Sonoti Tumanga. They called him Sonoti Sonoti. I, I think just when he went to the UK, they just made it easier for them to say his last name. Maybe I'm not sure, but. Man, that kid was straight out of Puyo. Three shares. Three shares. Talented man. <laughs> Bro, um, well, I know you're a big fan of um, you know, the NBA, uh, the NRL. Bro, talk talk us through. Uh, you know, obviously you love the Spurs, San Antonio. Always been a fan of them, bro. Yeah, I started always followed the Bulls. Yep, my brother was a Bulls fan. That was when basketball just came on Sky. 
Yeah. So I followed Jordan and that and was awesome watching the last dance and just reminiscing. Oh, bro. And, and good eight. Once he retired, I was like, man, who am I going to support now? And as a young fellow, he sort of you jump on bandwagons there. And then I sort of started watching a bit of college basketball. Yep. And I was like, who's this Tim Duncan fellow that's going to go number one? And sort of just watched the draft and saw him go number one. I was like, I'm just going to follow that team that he goes to. Is it ever since? Yeah. And so just stuck with them from then. And like, never missed the playoff while he was playing. Fuck. Weapon been, eight. Yeah. Obviously in in, uh, in the NRL, bro, the, uh, the doggies. Yeah. How did that come about, bro? So, yeah, as a kid. No worries, obviously. Yeah. When I was real young, and uh, they just seemed to have most Kiwis. It was them, and I, I used to love. Um, I used to love Daryl Halligan because I used to think I was a bit of a goal kicker then. It's like he was at the North Sydney Bears, and then he changed to the Bulldogs. Yes. It's like, oh, doggies in my team, and then the Bears got flicked. It's like they're the only team left now. <laughs> so the doggies have been that since. But he was like a duck to water to rugby league, eh? Yeah. But who do you reckon was the who do you reckon was the best uh, convert from rugby to league, bro? And who do you think was the worst? <laughs> <laughs> There's been plenty of bad ones. <laughs> I'd say uh, Eon Crossan's up there. Yeah, some <laughs> players like him and like Mark Carter and others that just didn't cut the mustard. Um, the best convert, oh shit, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. But even back from league to rugby. Yeah. You know, because it's yeah. another. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, there's been some good ones. Lottie Takiri, you know, done it at both ends. Yeah. Wendell wasn't too bad. Takiri is probably a bit better. Um, for me, Faleo. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we lead to rugby, but just tell him. Brad Thorne? Yeah, he'd be, yeah, from yeah. league to rugby and then back again. <laughs> Didn't say no to the All Blacks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. Yeah. Yeah, can't think of anyone else really. Sonny Bullbury? Oh. Oh. I got a, no, I got a lot of respect for him. Like someone yeah. that signs one year deals, backs himself as a person. Yeah. Has to perform, otherwise, you're not going to come around. Yeah. It's like he's, he do not sign 10 year deals and just rest on his laurels. Yeah. Every year he puts the business up. So, Take my head off to him. You mean watching him in the NRL? Bro, I remember watching his first few games for the doggies and just just being who's this kid? Weapon. And I was a bit cool, like Willie Tonga and that year they had when he oh, they won the premiership mm. that year. That was they, that team was just outstanding. Yeah, bro. But we have rattled off some names. Um uh from your Clifton days. Yeah. And uh, you just a few words about them, bro. So uh Bodie Mucker. Talented. Yep. Um, yeah, awesome fella. Tama Blackburn. Weapon. <laughs> Weapon, eh? Uh, Hemi Blackburn. Yeah, just love to train. Tough. Yeah. Tough. Uh, Josh Kendall. Uh, Legion. Um, body on the line yeah. every week. Uh, Bevan Quigley. A very close mate. Um, same sort of thing. Um, just couldn't handle his piss. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? What? Uh, intense. Um, <laughs> top team man. Um, misunderstood sometimes. Yeah, nice. Uh, Namir. Uh, talented. Um, yeah, just a brute of a man. Yeah. Um, probably should have done better things, but. 
for whatever reason, didn't mm. but underrated in Tanaki. Abe Hyder. Abe Hyder, top man. Um, again, talented. Um, best hooker thrower I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah. Zane Neal. Zane Neal. Life of the party. Yeah. Um, Another good team, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are plenty out there. Um, yeah, underrated. Underrated. The Gore Twins. <laughs> Chalk and cheese, I reckon. Chalk and um, cheese. One of them full of confidence. The other one full of confidence once you get a skin full of beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms, I'm a bit closer to Dion than I was to Devon. He went off overseas in that, but you won't meet a better person, more genuine. Good bugger. Mean bro. Uh, Trotsky? Trotsky, talented. Um, probably one of the best touch players I've ever seen oh. in terms of mind. Body didn't always take him where the mind wanted to, but he was sharp. Mm. Mm. Uh, Sean Cooper? Uh, a best friend. Um, again, talented. Um, yeah, just real, real good bugger. All yeah. yeah. Mean bro. Hey, um, we're coming to the end, bro. Uh, but fuck, it's been awesome, you know, hearing about your upbringing, uh, your life in Waitara, because we were obviously there's a few years between us. Um, but obviously, your rugby career, your time down in Wellington, coming back up here, playing for Clifton, um, obviously, the disappointment there with regards to coaching. Uh, but going through the grades with your, with your young boy, bro, um, seeing how his game. Uh, is developing and looking forward to see how how, how his career progresses moving forward. Um, it's been awesome, bro. You're, you're you know you're a low key dude. You're pretty humble. Uh, we don't catch up that often, but we do. I, I really enjoy having a chat with you um, and enjoy seeing your stuff. I've come up on Facebook, you know this, and and I know when people see my stuff, they probably think, oh fuck, this guy's the game. But when I see your stuff come up on Facebook, I always make sure I check it out, um, even if it's stuff that I'm not interested in, bro. So um, I just want to thank you for coming on, bro. Um, it's awesome, bro. Um, have you enjoyed it? Yeah, no, I loved it. Like, um, funny you talk about everyone asked me, like, what Jordan, what's Jordan going to be like? A sister's going to be a better sportsman. <laughs> she just doesn't, she hasn't got that real passion for it. She just sort of take it day by yeah. day, sort of thing. She had a little whipping, eh? She's good. She's going to be like an auntie into netball and basketball. Me, I'll keep you up for uh, keeping off for both the Cooper kids. Uh, Samson's short answers, bro. Uh, we keep lots to keep it light on there. We did give, give a few words, and uh, you just give us your, your thoughts, bro. So, we're going to start off with uh, Hurricanes or Chiefs? <laughs> Chiefs, chocolate or lollies? Lollies, early rise or sleep in? Early rise, greatest all black ever. Michael Jones, Ooh, nice. The Iceman, greatest warrior ever will go forward and back. Warrior, um, forward, Stephen Price because he's an ex bulldog. <laughs> uh, back, uh, Stacey Jones, easy one. True. Uh, favorite NRL player? Um, currently, uh, not many at the Bulldogs at the moment. Um, Kieran Foran. True. Mm. Favorite band? Uh, tough one. <laughs> Got a few. Um, band. I was a Bane Thugs fan. Ooh, thug. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Coke. 
favorite ground to play on? Uh, to Green. Worst ground to play on? Southern Picks Park. How would I? Worst fans? Just like to give it a bit of lip. It's more than Waikato Moolies for the cowbells. I used to hate those. Man. Bench press or squats? <laughs> Bench press. Favourite movie? Uh, Shawshank. Celebrity crush? Uh, Jess Galba. Favourite sport to watch? Basketball. Best rugby coach that you've had? Yo, man. Sport you can't stand watching. There's not many. Um, probably something like curling or something like that. <laughs> KFC or Mecca's? Mecca's. Favourite Wallaby? Uh, <laughs> uh, is there any that I want? Jeez, that's a tough one. Um, George Smith. Facebook or Instagram? Facebook. First car owned? Honda Record. Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods? Uh, Tiger Woods. Coffee or tea? Tea. Who's the worst drunk, Bayless or Slops? <laughs> um, when you can't understand, the other one just won't listen to a word you say. Or... <laughs> Slops. Ever punch someone during a game? Only once. Can you play chess? Wagon Wheel or The Gambler? Gambler. Uh, the Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin? Rock. Most serious teammate ever? Uh, oh, I'd have to come back to you on that one. What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, uh, John Farnham Burn. Best concert you've ever been to? Um... Black Eyed Peas. True. Favourite superhero? Uh, Superman. Federer or Nadal? Fed. Labour, national or neither? Neither. Greatest of sporting achievement in high school? Yeah, I'd have to say that. Um, uh, national title with the volleyball. What song gets you on the D4? Uh, mm. Is it apple bottom jeans? <laughs> boxing or UFC? Uh, boxing. Bed early or night owl? Uh, bed early. Can you cook? Yeah. What's your go to? Uh, the kids like my homemade hamburgers, eh? Cheers. <laughs> and what's one word to sum up your playing career? Uh, battler. Cheers. Coops, it's been awesome, man. Thank you for so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening, Fano. This is the Samson Seed podcast, and it's been a pleasure talking to my good bro, Mr. Brad Cooper. Cheers, brother. Cheers, bro.